Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 75. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Friday. Steelers Nation getting ready for Super Wild Card Weekend. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Buffalo Bills kicking off Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Conditions a bit unknown for Buffalo, but the weather, needless to say, will not be great up by the lake and Dave. Since our last conversation, not only has the forecast in Buffalo maybe changed slightly, the coaching landscape just in football at large has changed in big ways. Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick out of their places. Carroll moved to an advisory role. Saban retiring, and Belichick. We don't know where he's going to end up, but it will not be staying in New England. So a lot has happened the last forty-eight hours. Yeah, football world has changed, has it not? Mm crazy uh for for all three of those coaches uh the the, the news related uh to each one for that to come down in the in, in in the time frame uh that it did and boy new england's already they they didn't waste any time right they've already got a new head coach in uh gerard uh mayo uh going going to take over for bill belichick uh there who i kind of i if you're reading the tea leaves or reading twitter and all like that I don't know. It sounds like he might end up in Atlanta, I guess, either Atlanta or, 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 or out West, I guess, with the Chargers. Obviously, there's several uh, openings around the NFL right now. It's going to be interesting to, to see how that plays out. Uh, rest assured, I think uh, uh, Robert Kraft uh, insinuated uh, in so many words that you know they expect him on a, on the sideline and see him in a hoodie uh, somewhere else. But uh, uh, really interesting news when it comes to uh, the, the, the three head coaches that you mentioned in, 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 you know, a matter of what, 24 hours. Yeah. And the Saban retirement, just, just kind of a gut punch to college football and the landscape and what he's meant for, for the sport. And of course, for uh university of Alabama. So of course our focus here is on Pittsburgh and Buffalo playing against Sunday, 1 PM Eastern time. A little bit later in this show, as we always do on Friday, have a beat writer on. That's Matt Perino. He covers the Bills for Syracuse.com, News for Buffalo, and has the Shout podcast. So we'll talk to him, get his perspective on the Bills a bit later in the show, Dave. But let's start off with the injury report here for both sides. For Pittsburgh, if you just put aside the loss of TJ Watt for a moment, difficult as that is, of course, that's a, a massive loss for Pittsburgh overall. Otherwise, they are pretty healthy. I mean, if it's Patrick, almost certainly going to play. Same with Landon Robertson. Um, again, you would love that TJ Watt. It sucks that he's unavailable and will not play in this game, but at least Pittsburgh's getting some reinforcements elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to look past that TJ Watt uh, <laughs> loss, though. But uh, other than that, the play looks like it's going uh, pretty well overall uh, from 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 a health standpoint here. Uh, it'd be good to see Minka Fitzpatrick back on the field uh, for the Steelers on, on Sunday against the Bills. 
Uh, man, they need a strong game out of him, but they, you know, they, uh, for, for sure. And, and, and it'd be interesting to see how they, uh, utilize, uh, him in this game and, and, and obviously, the, you know, get Casey back and Eric Rowe, as we mentioned, jumped off the tape, uh, in this game against the, uh, against the Ravens. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a healthy bunch. I think really the only question, uh, at this point, when it comes to you know the lineup and 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 what the roster is going to look like on Sunday, to me, Alex is what is this team going to do at punter and who is going to be the seventh inactive uh, overall? I think uh, we're headed for some obvious kind of transactions happening on Saturday for this team. Miles Jack, Eric Rowe, you would think both those guys, if if neither is actually signed to the 53-man roster, I would expect both those guys to be the elevations there. And if you do that, and if that's two elevations, then ha- and if this team does want Brad Wing to punt, how do you how do you get him on to the 53 uh, there? So I think the biggest question at this point, once again, is what are the Steelers going to do at, at the punter position? And even though it's not a huge storyline, what, you know, uh, what does that seventh inactive look like? Sure, that that's a great point. I mean, Terrell Austin essentially confirming Eric Rowe will have a role. What that looks like, we're not sure, but that means he'll either have to be signed to the 53 or he can be elevated with the playoffs. There is no restriction on the number of times you can be elevated, so they can do that as they have been. Should note from one roster standpoint, since we last spoke to Monte Casey, now officially on the 53-man roster, uh, the Steelers temporarily received a roster exemption for him uh, for about 48 hours, and so to make way for him on the 53 Safety Trenton Thompson placed on IR, presumably with the neck issue he was dealing with since week 15 against the Colts. And so that's one safety who will not be back in this postseason run uh, in Thompson. But of course, Casey being added and he should have some sort of role in this game. Yeah, the thing with Watt, there was a video, I think, from who Richie Walsh uh, uh, put it out there of, of, of Watt doing some work on the side. And uh, I know it's way too early to kind of kind of look forward, uh, but. Man, you have to think if the Steelers somehow manage to win this game against the Bills on Sunday, T.J. Watt's going to do everything in his power to get back on the field for that next round of the playoffs, which I assume would be against the Ravens then. Yeah, it would be in Baltimore, and let's just hopefully that conversation can exist. Would he play in a hypothetical divisional matchup against Baltimore? I'm not sure, but hopefully we can explore that and have an answer uh, two weeks from now. So. That is Pittsburgh's perspective. Injury, really not much to, to watch for from that standpoint, knowing that Watts out, knowing that you know, almost certainly Fitzpatrick will play and others as well. Buffalo is really interesting. We talked about that with Matt here a little bit later in the show, but they have some notable names who are not trending in the right direction. Those are guys like Gabe Davis, their speedy wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, essentially implying that we're going to win this one so Davis can get back next week, meaning that Davis, unlikely to play in this game, has got a PCL sprain, suffered, in week 18 against Miami. One of their starting linebackers, Terrell Dodson, has not been practicing. I think he was limited, I believe so, on uh, Wednesday and then did not practice on Thursday. And then Rasul Douglas, one of their top corners, his status in question right now. So those are some key players, offense and defense, we'll be watching for on the Friday final injury report. Yeah, Gabe Davis obviously had that big game against the Steelers the last time these two teams met. Now, obviously, with the weather, uh, could, could 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 impact the passing game, especially down the field. So maybe, uh, you know, the, the 
with him potentially not playing, maybe that gets tamped down as far as, you know, uh, how impactful it is. But when you do look at Rasul Douglas and Tyrell Dotson uh, trending towards not playing, that could wind up being a pretty decent storyline in this thing, I think, overall, Alex. Uh, uh, look, uh, uh, the Bills have been beat up at the at, at the off-the-ball linebacker uh, position this season. And, you know, it, it will be interesting to see if, you know, uh, I mean, I think we know what they would do, who would probably be the next guy up if they don't have a guy like Ty- Tyrell Dot- Dot- uh, Dotson or Rasul Douglas on the outside there. But I just wonder... You know, if we end up, this ends up being a storyline if both those guys don't go and if the Steelers are able to essentially play a perfect game in this, if if if, if we're not looking back and saying, hmm, uh, they, they miss those two guys. I think it will be one. Um, you know, Douglas had been playing really good ball for them. Four interceptions in the nine games as a bill since getting traded over from Green Bay ahead of the deadline. And then Dodson replacing Milano. And they've had a lot of loss at that inside linebacker position. Edmonds goes to Chicago and Milano's done for the season. And now Dodson, his status is at best very questionable in this game. So for a Pittsburgh team expected to run the ball. If they're hurting at, at inside linebackers, some the run defense, which has not been amazing this season. If they're taking some more shots there at linebacker, that's going to again play in Pittsburgh's favor. And it looks like a little bit. I don't know what's going on, you know, as far as flu season and all like that, you know. But uh, a couple of guys, Dawson Knox. You know, I expect uh, both these guys to play. Obviously, Dawson Knox and and their starting left tackle, Deion Dawkins. But I uh, wonder, wonder if there might be a little bit of a flu bug running around in that locker room. Yeah, there were some illnesses. Not sure if that's all related or what's going on there, but we'll see what the final report point is. I think we're going to watch the Buffalo final Friday report a lot more closely than Pittsburgh, where we kind of know which way the Steelers are going to be going for this game. Agreed. All right. Now, from a player standpoint, don't think really any players did anything too notable the last couple of days. Mason Rudolph speaking, his first playoff start. I think Najee Harris had some interesting comments. His team is a lot more confident in this playoff game than their last one, the 2021 wildcard loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, just because they were so young back then. Rookies like Pat Frymuth, Harris himself, Dan Moore, a better offensive line this time around. So Harris expressing confidence for where this team is at going into Buffalo. Look, this team knows what they have to do on 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 Sunday there. And uh, what do you say? I think we'll have a, a what what were some of the quotes that Najee had? I think we'll have something for him, some big plays or something like that. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, overall, I think the takeaway uh, from this past week, from a player availability media standpoint, is this this team knows the task at hand. Uh, there seems to be a lot of confidence, uh, right now. And, and, you know, I, I think that, that, that's, that's where it starts and ends. I mean, look, they, you'd have to be foolish not to look around, uh, at, at least from the major media standpoint. I mean, everybody and their brothers on the bills and, and, you know, why, why wouldn't they be, I mean, this is a nine and a half, 10 point game. This game's going to be in Buffalo. Buffalo has been a hot team as, as of late, uh, I mean, there's you. You better have a very good reason uh, to not pick the Bills. But uh, with that said, you know the, the 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 players see this, and and I think I stated the other day, you can bet 
uh, Mike Tomlin's letting them know uh, uh, about all this. Look, nobody's giving you a chance to win uh, this 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 game. What are you going to do about it here? So, uh, yeah, back to player availability. No, you know, nothing earth shattering, and that's good. You know, there's mm-hmm. no there's no additional kind of storylines. You know, I know Joy Porter Jr. Uh, you know, said some things earlier in the weeks, you know, looking forward to kind of locking up, uh, if asked to do so a guy like Diggs. but I mean, that that's standard fare, you know, yeah, he the, says the, that every week. Yeah. The, the, the confidence level that, that goes along with a young player, uh, like, like that. So, you know, I don't think there's really any bulletin board material out there from, 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 from either side here. Um, uh, and I, I think the Steelers, you know, know the, the players know the task at hand here. Buffalo on the five-game winning streak, the longest in the NFL. Pittsburgh winning three in a row, which is now tied third longest winning streak in the NFL. Yeah, I do my weekly, you know, how the national media is picking each Steelers game post. And usually there's a split between both sides. I have yet to find really one prominent national media member to pick Pittsburgh. Have you found anybody that's given... Some have said it's going to be closer than you think, but that's as far as I've kind of seen the national media come. Yeah, I think when you look at uh, 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 what show is it, uh, Michael Irvin, uh, Undisputed the other day mm-hmm. with uh, Michael Irvin and Richard Sherman, they talked about they talked about ways that they could see the Steelers win this game and how it might be closer. And But I, I don't think either one of them came right out and said, I think the Steelers will win this game. I uh, just watched uh, uh, ESPN's Get Up this morning, and all four of those guys picked the Bills. If you look at the, uh, uh, the weekly... Uh, NFL.com panel, you know, of 10, uh, that was a clean sweep of the bills. So all uh, by it, wide margins. I yeah. Think in most cases, at least. It, yeah. So it, it, it is come game time. It is going to probably be, and, uh, you know, we'll see what the, you know, uh, NFL network, uh, rich Eisen crew and all like that. If there's any lone wolves in that, but I, I think, yeah, you're right. Predominantly, uh, and, and with good reason, you sure. know, the, 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 bills are the heavy favorites across the landscape here. Yeah. It's still two versus seven seed. And so you would expect in most, you know, national media predictions, the two seed to be favored and Buffalo has, has earned that right from winning the AFC East and going on a great run to end the year. So we should also address the elephant in the room, the weather and the forecast still seems a bit up in the air in terms of the specifics for this game. But as we kind of mentioned top of the show, it's not going to be good. It's going to be cold. The wind chill is going to put things around zero. There will be a lot of wind gusts up to maybe 40, 50 miles per hour. Snow is kind of the one thing I'm not sure how much they're going to be getting up in Buffalo, maybe a couple inches, maybe more, maybe less. It's a little hard to say. There were some, there was a report slash rumor about the game potentially getting moved. The Steelers shot that down. There was no credibility to that. And if that was going to happen, it'd have to get made by like today because Pittsburgh's, I assume, will be traveling to Buffalo on Saturday, tomorrow. So um, pay little mind to those kind of reports right now in terms of the location of the game. But the forecast will obviously have a, a heavy impact in how this game looks and plays out. I tell you what, I'd much rather the Steelers play the Bills in that kind of weather than a uh, a nice uh, uh, October day, I guess. You know, Uh, I I think the elements or potential elements of this game help to some degree level the playing field, so to speak. Uh, uh, this, This at least appears to be setting up as a who can who 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 can run the football 
the, the best and not make mistakes uh, in, in, in the elements. And look, as, as you know, as, as look, Josh Allen can throw the football, right? He's got a ball that can probably cut through some of the wind, but uh, you, might you reach a, uh, a level where, where it comes to the wind impact in this thing, where it's not wise to throw the football down the field. Uh, I think you could see a lot of short passes uh, in this game. And I think that's another kind of equalizer here uh, when it, when it comes to the Steelers. So, it, you know, looking at it, at least where we sit right now, where several of these forecasts are out there right now, I, I tend to put advantage Steelers on this. I do as well, and I think Eddie Faulkner, the interim OC, had to quip of our game plan's not changing. Not that we're ignoring the weather. Our game plan is to run the ball regardless of what the weather is. But I think if it does, you know, the old snow tires to put on Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and maybe kind of slow the game down and maybe eliminate some of the big play and speed that the Buffalo has in their pass game, that does work. But, you know, I had the stat yesterday that since week 12, the two teams with the most rushing attempts in football is Pittsburgh number one, Buffalo number two. Now they do it in different ways. And of course, Josh Allen and some of the, you know, scrambles will count, but there's a design run game with Josh Allen. No question about that. And James Cook's had a really strong season. So Buffalo's no stranger to, you know, running the football. And they're a team that certainly can play some power football as well. Agreed. You can bet Josh Allen will have his snow tires on, and that's yeah. going to be an important factor in this game. Uh, and, and I don't want to get too far deep into our breakdown at all, but I mean, if you get that guy in a short yard situation, you might as well, you might as well get those guys to start moving the chains. Yeah. Uh, uh, very effective in the quarterback sneak and, and kind of the, their version of the tush push. And I mean, he's such a big guy anyway. And with the, with the footing, in other words, you know, you better keep them out of third and short fourth and short type situations, because if you don't, uh, that's automatically probably going to be a first down for them. And then there's just the scramble ability, uh, and the, uh, he's not a guy that's going to take off with the football and and immediately look to once he gets past the yard marker uh, slide down. He is going to try to uh, bulldoze you. He's a big guy. Uh, we saw a key third down, I think, in that uh, in, in 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 that game against the Dolphins. Uh, uh, Quarterback mobility when it comes to the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, regardless of the weather, is a factor in this game, and the weather's not going to change that. No question about that. So let's get into the coordinators mentioning mentioning Eddie Faulkner, Terrell Austin speaking as they normally do for a Sunday game on Thursday. Again, I don't I think both of them were, you know, not saying a whole lot, and that's probably the right approach this week. Just let the play, do the talking, get focused on this game. Did think it was interesting that Faulkner mentioned that heading into the Ravens game, he had offensive guard Isaac Sayamalu speak to the team. We don't know exactly what Sayamalu said, a man of, of generally few words, but it did seem to make an impact. So uh, you just kind of look at some of those leaders and guys who have Super Bowl experience and and, 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 and say Malu certainly does. That's interesting. And, and I wonder if that played some sort of role in kind of seeing the way this team approached the regular season finale. Yeah, look, he's got some playoff experience, right? You know, uh, and, and a man of few words, when a man of few words does speak, it's probably a good idea to have your ears open and your mouth shut. Uh, if Isaac Sayamala was uh, talking to me, I would listen to him. <laughs> me as well. Uh, and and you know, you want to talk about a guy that that that's, that's no nonsense and and you know playing playing through something 
you know, uh, injury and all like that, being effective on top of it. Uh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Once again, you, it, it goes back to, to playoff experience. I don't know if you saw, I put out, out on Twitter, uh, the 50, the, the, the act of not 53, because I think they had elevated some, but the act of roster, the, the Steelers had the last time that they, 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 they were in a playoff game. And do you remember that John LeGlue had to start that game, Alex? And Did he really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's funny how these things get away from you and you look back and you think, oh man, I, 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 I don't quite, I didn't quite remember that. Uh, I will tell you, I, I will tell you when you look at this, this team on both sides of the ball. Now, obviously there's recency bias and, and three years from now, we might pull up this active roster from Sunday and say, oh man, I, you know, hey. How did they even maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you're going back and saying, well, maybe, maybe I overvalued this or that. Uh, I think just from an active roster standpoint and look, I mean, this team has lost some pieces on defense uh, uh, throughout the year, but at least they, the, 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 the pieces that they do have now, they've been playing with for a little while and then you get Minka back and all like that. But I think specifically on the offensive side of football, uh, you look at this team and I, I this offensive line, knock on wood, and this is something that we said coming out of uh, uh, last season with all those snaps that they were able to get out of the offensive line and how lucky this team was to be able to have that starting five play the amount of snaps that they played last year. You know, really sands for this team making the change at right tackle, which Cuomo core for and, 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 and Broderick Jones. You've had the same pieces this year with this offensive line, right? I mean... Uh, how many snaps have guys like Spencer Anderson and Dylan Cook, you know, ha- 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 had to play this year? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, Herbig started what two games when right. Daniels went down, but that was early in the season, really the la- the latter half of the year. Once they inserted Jones in in Week Nine against Tennessee, it's been the same starting five, and that's probably one reason why this run game has improved. There's some continuity there. There's some youthful guys like Jones that have experience now. That's probably making this group, group cohesive down the stretch. Absolutely. Look, and 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 Eddie Faulkner wasn't going to hide a game plan, even if he wanted to. Here, yeah, the, their emphasis is, is is to get the football to on the ground to Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, and see what they can, you know, obviously can do there. So, uh, what else did you? Know, another thing that Eddie talked about uh, was uh, uh, you know how they play a lot of nickel and number seven uh, specifically being on the field. That's something that we've highlighted quite a bit. Uh, I think that's going to be a key uh, uh, point in this game. Is you know can the Steelers get that twelve and thirteen personnel out there and can they bludgeon these you know bludgeon them with the run. Sure. We'll be talking about that more in the preview of this game. That was one of the first things that came to mind for me, I think, on our Monday show when we you know, we just found out they're definitely going to play Buffalo. Here's the scenario. Here's when the game's going to be. And I remember Johnson being one of those guys that never comes off the field. He's played 89% of the Bills' defensive snaps this year. He's had seven games in which he's played every single snap. So as much action as you're going to see from a, from a nickel corner, but, I mean, he's a great nickel corner. He's great against the run. He fills the run hard. He, he hit tackles and, and approaches things, has the mentality of a linebacker. So, obviously, they feel comfortable getting away with that. But, yeah, if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm coming out heavy. They've had somewhat success at a 12-13 personnel the last couple of weeks, and I'm trying to see if Pittsburgh, if Buffalo will match big for big or how they handle some of those ultra-heavy personnel groupings. 
I want them to earn it on that side of the football. I want them to be talking about uh, Tehran Johnson holding up uh, specifically against the run. We'll see what happens with Tyrell Dotson uh, if he doesn't play. Can, can a guy like Balin Specter uh, fill in for him and, and, and fill in admirably? Uh, plain and simple, the, 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 the talk coming out of this game to me I think if the Bills win this should be man they that defense really handled the Steelers run uh, and they got them away from that run either via the scoreboard or just the ineffectiveness of it and you know it ended up being other mistakes maybe in the passing game and the Steelers couldn't adjust uh, out uh, uh, when, 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 when getting away from the run. A true trench game, I think, will be determining this one. So before we get into previewing this game a bit more, Terrell Austin speaking as well. He had the quip about getting still having nightmares over that Gabe Davis 98-yard touchdown two years ago, but it appears Davis unlikely to play in this game. Again, Austin mentioning Roe will have a role, did not really define how the cornerback grouping will look and what Peterson's role will be with Minka Fitzpatrick back. How do you think those guys are going to get used and, and moved around, Dave? Yes. <laughs> anything anything beyond that? Uh, I mean, look, uh, and we didn't get to talk enough about the tight ends when we talked to it during our interview, upcoming interview with Matt Perino and all like that. But this 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 team, this defense has had trouble uh, with the tight ends this year. So I think you have to do something uh, with 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 Minka playing a role in the coverage there. And we have both agreed uh, uh, the other day. You know, at least with the with the TV tape and the all 22 tape that Eric Rowe really, really jumped off the tape in that game against the uh, against the Ravens there. Uh, you have Casey coming back, a, 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 a very hard hitting uh, safety that you can do some things with. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, uh, situations where you're going to have some three safeties on the field here. But uh, I look, you've got to stop the run. So whatever that looks like with, with, with the bodies that you have, have, have to put out there as far as the safeties go. Uh, and then more importantly, I mean, you're going to, you're going to have to match up Joey Porter, obviously probably on digs and, and give him maybe a little bit, a little less safety help, uh, in that so that you can focus on, on, on the tight ends. If you want to talk about how Buffalo, a talking point of Buffalo coming out of this game with the win, it, 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 it would probably revolve around, well, they were able to run the football and they were able to get the football to their tight ends, mm-hmm. uh, down the middle of the field for an explosive play or two. And God forbid a touchdown or two, uh, in that situation. So, uh, I mean, I think in, 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 in so many words, Austin said that they're going to find a way to get all those guys on the field. So I think at some point you're going to see all three of them on the field. I think so too. I think if they're going to take advantage of the newfound depth they have with Casey's return and Fitzpatrick being healthy, et cetera. And yeah, I mean, Kincaid's had a really strong year. Their tight ends, Buffalo, uh, they have 11 of them combined in terms of touchdowns. Pittsburgh's allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends this year, most of them coming over the last six or so weeks. And so that's going to be, you know, one of those key matchups to watch. Let me let me phrase it a, di- a different way. Pittsburgh comes out in their base 3-4 defense for the first snap of the game, hypothetically. Who are the two starting safeties in this game? Yeah, that's a great question, Alex. Uh I can offer my answer as you kind of mull it over. I'll, I'll say, and you're right. It probably matters less than we're going to spend the time to talk about it because they're all going to see you know, playing time and have a role. But I think it's Minka Fitzpatrick at free, Eric Rowe at strong safety. 
I can still see Patrick Peterson playing some outside corner in base in this game, especially with Gabe Davis, we assume not playing and they still have speed elsewhere, but you know, he's one of those, those top speedster home run hitters. But I think Peterson could still get a couple of snaps on the outside before playing a lot of slot and some safety rotational stuff and sub packages. Yeah, I think the thing and and here, here's the confusing aspect of it is Casey has missed this bunch of games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so how integrated is he into you know some of the things that they're 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 doing now, and then also the communication aspect. You've gone a couple of games now. Uh, now I, you know so many words. You can say the same thing about Minka, but Minka's really kind of a quarterback back there anyway. But uh, uh, and, and the other aspect of this is is just the way uh, Eric Rowe has played. You know, yeah, uh, he's played well, and and you know I I not not only in the passing game but against the run. So. Uh, I, the, the, the biggest, I think the biggest question is, is how do you integrate Casey into that more? I think in dime packages, I think he's going to be your, your diamond defender, which was before all the safety started going down. That was kind of his role. What initially in the season. So when it was Neil, I mean, they were doing some rotating where Neil was kind of more your base guy and then Casey would come in in sub packages, but that's my assumption, I think, because he has missed some time, as you said, and Roe has played well, and Roe's got some more size. I mean, Casey can hit. I mean, there's no question about that, but he's not that box type that Roe is. And so I think Casey in in those 60B situations will be ideal for him. What about the Eric Roe familiarity factor with what Buffalo yeah. does? It's a good point. Spent time in Miami um, and New England, too, I think. So, I mean, he knows that that team well. And I just think he's his play has earned it. I mean, I have questions about him in open grass and speed. And I think that the, the lack of speed for this defense as a whole is one of the bigger concerns in this game, whether it may mitigate that to some degree. The Bills injuries may do so as well. But, I mean, in terms of that, that kind of classic, you know, downhill punishing, hit power, detail, punch the ball out kind of kind of role. I mean, he's he's filled that really well. All right. Uh, the, the, the biggest factor for me, especially if the weather's, uh, you know, like like we think it's going to be is less about pushing the football, protecting down the field, which they're still going to take their shots. Right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you would think in this game, but, uh, you know, a, a lot of the short area uh, type stuff, the tight ends. Uh, look, you know, Kincaid's fantastic, but I mean, Dos- <laughs> Knox is no slouch, man, you know. Uh, over there and, and, and that, that element along with, you know, they will throw the football to their running backs out of the backfield as, as well too. So, uh, this is going to be a box to me, a box centric kind of game where the, where the Steelers defense, I, I think really has to impact this thing. Sure. That's totally fair. Anything else from Austin or Faulkner or any players, any commentary there that you want to, uh, address and make mention of? No, I think we uh, we hit most of it there as far as the right. important stuff. Even though both of them did 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 talk a little bit. I mean, look, they and and what else are you going to say? This this team has confidence in in Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig. Those are some big shoes. It will be interesting to see uh, how both those guys are utilized along with High Smith. I expect there to be a rotation, all three guys to play on both sides. Uh, one kind of underlying. Uh, thing here is and and it's not much of one but you know you roll back to the preseason and all like that Nick Herbig got some snaps against uh Dawkins in that game you know 
Uh, Didn't he have uh, some wins against him too? Yeah, I know it's he preseason, did. Yeah, and, and on the other side as well too, he had that uh, that 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 tremendous athletic, the really the kind of play that made us kind of sit back and say maybe this guy's not going to be moved, <laughs> moved off the ball there. That real athletic turned the corner uh, from the left side there, and I, I think had a strip sack uh, on that game. So uh, this guy has. You know, even though it was a preseason game, he's logged some snaps in there uh, 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 and, 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 and kind of familiar with at least the personnel aspect uh, of this. And even though he hasn't played a ton of snaps overall, we've talked several times about when he's on the field uh, making making an impact. We know Marcus Golden can play both sides. Uh, these guys need to stand up against a run, though, uh, out on the edge. Uh, yeah. We... we and you got a big guy. I don't know how much Herbig's going to line up against Dawkins. Uh, I'm not worried about Highsmith over there on that side uh, overall. I think Highsmith does a, 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 a pretty good job of setting the edge, and I think he can handle a guy like uh, Dawkins. But, you know, one of the knocks I kind of took on Herbig coming out of Wisconsin is when he did have to face those those bigger body, you know, uh, mammoth kind of kind of tackles there now where he can win against him is with the speed element uh of of it but how is he going to hold up in some of those 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 run situations when asked to kind of set the edge over there i think that's a big aspect but back to the back to the point here is you know this this team is in a lot better shape than they were yeah uh uh last season when it came to TJ Watt not being on the field here overall. So uh, it's going to take a group effort from those three. Uh, I expect all three once again to be utilized and moved around. I expect you know, Alex Highsmith obviously to play. He might play 100% of snaps in this, uh, if not probably 98%. So uh, moving him around and filling in for 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 and mixed match, matching sides, it's going to be interesting to watch. But with, without a doubt, they are in a better place at outside linebacker without T.J. Watt. Now they've got to prove it on the field. You're right. And Ismith has to be large. The D-line has to step up. They have to collapse the pocket. I mean, we're kind of getting into the Bills preview, but I think Pittsburgh can collapse the pocket against some of those guards that, that they have, especially Torrance over there at right guard. But yeah, I mean, Herbig, you know, that battle against the right tackle, if he's over there, you know, we don't know exactly how many snaps he'll play on that side, but Spencer Brown, he's a really big guy. He's like six seven, six eight, with 34-inch arms. So can you handle him in the run game and can you not get swallowed up? But then also in pass protect, when he's pass protecting, when Herbig rushes can you dip under can you have that that grip move or speed move that you talked about and be able to to flatten and corner that herbig does so well or can will brown be able to seal him up field and kind of engulf him early and win the rep that's going to be pretty critical in this one so that that'll be a really interesting matchup to watch i think the snaps that herbig gets on spencer brown but yeah i mean obviously the pass rush has to be there it can't be as invisible as it was when watt went down last year and you got to get josh allen in situations where he has to hold on to the football uh, uh, to get after him anyway. And he's been bleeding out of some, uh, against the doll. I thought overall the dolphins did a pretty good job of getting pressure on him. He just did a good job of avoiding it for the most part, Wh whether taking off with his legs or, or getting out on the edge and making some plays. But also that's when he's made some mistakes too, is when he does try to get outside the pocket and play uh hero ball. Uh, but look, uh, you know, they, 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 they need a collective effort out of Herbig, golden and Highsmith. 
They do. All right, Dave, before we get into previewing this game some more, let's take a pause and come back with our beat writer of the week. That is Matt Perino. He covers the bills for Syracuse.com. News for Buffalo has the Shout podcast. You can follow him on Twitter. Matt Perino, that's P-A-R-R-I-N-O. Let's take a pause and come back with Matt. And welcome back to the Terrible Podcast. It is Friday. It is Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. It is Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. And to help preview uh, the game with us, we, of course, always have a uh, beat writer who covers the opposition on. Uh, This week, a friend back on. He's been on before. You'll probably recognize him. I'm talking about Matt Perino. Matt covers the Buffalo Bills for Syracuse.com. He uh, also is the host of the Shout podcast and I think does some work for News for Buffalo uh, as well. So welcome back to the show, Matt Perino. Welcome back to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. Oh, it's good to be back. Uh, I always enjoy uh, our conversations and uh, obviously we should have a fun and potentially weather impacted game to talk about on Sunday. Yeah, let's uh, let's start there, Matt. Uh, you know, Alex and I were trying to discern. Alex lives in Pittsburgh. I live in Las Vegas. A little bit different uh, uh, there, but you're obviously up there in in in, in upstate New York and all. Uh, what what do you expect to see on Sunday when it comes to the weather and maybe snow fall amount and 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 when when you know the miles per hour of the wind? Yeah, so it's it's supposed to be about twenty miles per hour winds like regularly with gusts up to, I've seen as high as 60 miles per hour. And I've never seen in a game them reach that high. Sometimes those are, you know, up on the the ski slopes and you probably get closer to 40 mile per hour wind gusts like on the ground, Uh, which when they're swirling around inside of the stadium, I mean, that's pretty significant. So I think it's going to be difficult for both of the passing games, the kicking games, uh, which could, you know, turn this into more of a, which team can, you know, dominate the trenches and be able to run the ball. And, you know, it's not even just about like getting down to the 20 or the 30 in this kind of game. It's like who can get down and score touchdowns because the kicking game is going to be so uh, erratic with the weather. So it's going to be interesting. And and it's Buffalo though. Like sometimes there's these, these catastrophic uh, weather predictions and then it ends up not being the same. It's, you know, lake effect snow, um, as I'm sure Alex knows, like, you know, it's, it's very temperamental that it depends on where the band sits when it, when it hits. Uh, so we won't really know until Sunday, but there's a chance that it could be like really bad. We're getting a two for one today, Alex. We're getting a meteorologist, <laughs> uh, along with, uh, some sports here for sure. Uh, uh, let's go to, uh, the bills injury report next. Now, look, obviously the Steelers are impacted, not going to have TJ Watt, uh, for this game. And that's obviously a big injury, but when you turn, turn things around, look at the bills injury report here. And I think, uh, even Stefan Diggs kind of hinted, uh, during his press conference yesterday that, that, uh, the bills are unlikely to have Gabe Davis who injured his knee against the Bills there, uh, and and Davis obviously hasn't practiced these first two days, and I think Tyrell Dotson, their uh, their uh, linebacker there, who uh, injured a shoulder against the Dolphins, uh, doesn't kind of look like he's going to go as well too. Razul Douglas, the cornerback, uh, I think was injured against the Bills. Doesn't look like he's going to go. How do you see that shaking out on 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 the Bills side when it comes to uh, injuries? And I guess Ty Johnson, even though he's kind of I think third on the uh, running back list, uh, dealing with 
a concussion. I think he's done some kick returning uh, for them on top of it. So give us a little bit of a preview of how, how you expect this to shake out on the Friday injury report. Yeah, so I think you're pretty on the money there. I think uh, Douglas, Davis, and Dotson are definitely trending in a bad direction. And listen, all I'd say Douglas of the three is the most um, highest profile player, the most impactful player that they'll miss. And that's crazy to think about. I know from a Steelers perspective, because you remember Gabe Davis having the game that he did last season, but he's just been so hot and cold. And, and Trent Sherfield came in in this last game and they signed him from the Miami Dolphins last year. And I felt like he fit into the role almost perfectly. Uh, He's a great blocker, which is what um, uh, Gabe Davis is really known for. Uh, And and some of the stuff um, that the bills are doing in the passing game with Davis out, I feel like it pushes the emphasis a little bit more towards Dalton Kincaid, their rookie tight end, who I believe, they want to continue to get even more involved in the passing game. And with, with those targets, Gabe Davis is second on the team in targets, not there. You, you don't have to feed Trent Sherfield. You can now spread uh, those among uh, Dalton Kincaid, Khalil Shakir, their really young second receiver, uh, second year receiver. He's been really exciting this year in a limited role. Uh, I think uh, it was <clears throat> uh, Ben Solak from The Ringer put out a stat last week that Khalil Shakir. When it, uh, he ranks number one in the NFL in percentage of receptions that have gone for either a first down or a touchdown this season. And so he's a guy that I think the Bills want to get more involved. And with Davis out of the picture, that's what they can do. On the defensive side, they're going to go with Balin Specter, most likely second-year guy out of Clemson, just like a firecracker of a linebacker, very inexperienced. Uh, he's been trying to get up to speed on, on both positions, the middle linebacker position and on the outside. Uh, and then they have Dane Jackson, who to me is like the modern version of Levi Wallace in this mm. defense. Like a guy that, you know, a late round draft pick, uh, you know, Levi was an undrafted guy, but they can rely upon when they need him. Uh, but there's always seems to have been better options and guys that, you know, that, that they can play, but they're not available. So Dane Jackson will get the, the call. He's a really good tackler, uh, which I think you'll need in this game anyway. Uh, before I start, turn things over to Alex here for his first set, set of questions here, uh, both both these teams, you know, uh, uh, turn loose their offensive coordinators during the season. And uh, boy, things have turned around specifically for Buffalo uh, over this run here. And Alex had the stat last night, you know, the NFL's most rushing attempts from weeks 12 to 18. The Steelers 231, I think, are tops. And Buffalo is second at 220 rushing attempts. So both these teams have focused on running the football since turning their uh, coordinators loose. Uh, what Talk a little bit about, if you will, the, the kind of the metamorphosis or, or what you have seen with this offense since Dorsey went out the door here. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of that is uh, Joe Brady taking over the job, seeing that there was a change made. I mean, the Bills threw the ball a lot through 12 games. And I wonder how much this is in Sean McDermott's philosophy or imprint kind of getting stamped down on this team. Uh, And Joe Brady is a guy that I I think even tried to run the ball uh, in Carolina a a bit. And uh, I think you have to have multiple pitches when you get to the playoffs. I mean, if you're just throwing gas and and obviously the fastball for the bills is their passing game, teams are going to figure it out. Teams are going to figure out a way to stop it. So I think that they've tried 
different variations of their run game. They're very creative with the with how they run. They've they've run out of eye. They've run out of uh, offset fullback. They've run out of shotgun pistol. Uh, they do some some jet sweep stuff. Not as much as in years past. I, I thought that Brian Dable he really mixed things up in the in, in the motion game. We haven't really seen that quite as much. So I, I'll be interested to see if the Bills, you know, if they have to run, how successful that is when the other team knows it's coming because their offensive line is more predicated on speed and athleticism for, for setting things up. They always have their tackles kind of moving out, uh, pulling, and, and trying to get downhill to use their speed and quickness as opposed to just being able to overpower a defensive front um, with uh, just – brute strength uh so yeah they definitely try to run it a little bit more they have uh Leonard Fournette who you know I think this is he played his second game last week uh so he's very fresh I wonder if he doesn't get deployed in a heavier role alongside James Cook especially if the it's tough sledding out there and they call him playoff Lenny for a reason so we'll see if that (laughs) pops up in this game You mentioned him, James Cook, a big breakout season. What has he shown to give the the coaches the confidence in feeding him the football? He's had a really good year, doesn't get the love because Josh Allen gets all the attention, but Cook seems to be a really strong runner. Yeah, so I think um, James Cook has had a really surprising year. Like I think a lot of people were like high on him coming into the season, but the Bills just have never had a back have this kind of impact since they drafted Josh Allen. Um, the, the problem lately for Cook has been uh, just some drops in the passing game. Like when they drafted him, one of the things that Brandon Bean talked so much about was his ability in the passing game to be able to impact games. And he's had two key drops in games over the last month where you start to wonder like, all right, is this something that's going to be a problem with Josh Allen maybe not trusting him in big spots because he's had such bad drops I mean they had before the half against the Dolphins down a score they had a touchdown I mean James Cook beat his guy it was a beautiful throw from Allen he just simply dropped it there was no wasn't a 50-50 ball it was just a simply a drop and so in the run game too like when they run out of Allen under center I feel like James Cook hasn't been as effective uh, as they have been when they try to get him on out to the outside because he's obviously a speed back so Mm -hmm. I wonder if the weather impacts you know his usage and uh his effectiveness in this game but overall to your point he's been really good and a guy that he's not lacking for confidence I mean we just talked to him yesterday and you know asked him about that drop and he was like I didn't even think about it after that play and whether or not that's true or not I mean that's the mindset uh that he goes into the game with and uh, he's an important piece of their offense because I think if the weather is not an absolute like snowstorm blizzard like he puts the defense in the in a bind when when he's out there, and they've been they've been running a little bit more two running back sets with Fournette out on the field with him, which I think is interesting. Uh, and we'll see if they do that a little bit more too. Stephon Diggs and numbers for the season still look like typical Stephon Diggs numbers, but the latter half of the year he's been pretty quiet. What do you attribute that to? Is there any reason why his production has seemingly been almost cut in half compared to the first six seven weeks of the season? Well, lately it's been because they've missed on a couple deep balls. I mean, the last two weeks, Allen underthrew him against the Patriots. It would have been a 70-yard touchdown, um, and it just fell into the back of the defensive back. 
Then this last week, he beat Jalen Ramsey in one-on-one coverage badly. Like he was mm-hmm. probably five or ten yards down the field, and J- Josh Allen was—he's feeling a little pressure, but he just skied it. I mean, he put it over—he threw overthrew him. So if if those two plays hit, we're talking about somewhere around four hundred yards receiving over the last two weeks and probably two touchdowns. So I think that they're they're just scratching the surface of getting this thing back rolling where people expect. And they've also gone through to your earlier point, a metamorphosis of their offense where they're, they're running the ball at, at almost the highest clip in the league. And I, I don't know if the same opportunities have been there in the past game that they've tried to get Kincaid going and Shakir going and Dawson Knox returned a couple weeks ago and they run a little bit more 12 personnel. Uh, so I think it's just been about, trying a bunch of different things at times he calls himself off the field uh he's done that since he's been here but it's been a little bit more this season and a lot of people were wondering if maybe there was an injury I don't think that that's the case I think it's might be just him trying to keep himself fresh for this stretch run but the last two weeks from a route running perspective from a separation perspective he's looked as good as ever and I don't know, again, I, mean, you know, I feel like I, I'm a broken record coming back to the weather. I don't know if he's going to be a big factor in, 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 a, in a blizzard, but he, if, if the weather's okay, I expect they to have a good game, especially against that secondary. Obviously, the Steers, without T.J. Watt, the uh, NFL's leading uh, sacker this year is going to be a big story or is a storyline, obviously, ahead of this game. Uh, And we saw, if you look at the tape uh, of the Miami Dolphins game, man, they tried to zero blitz uh, Josh Allen quite a bit. And even though they got some pressure, Josh Josh made him pay a couple of times uh, in those instances. And if, if memory served me, may, I, I think I, I can't remember if the cook drop was uh, one of those or not, but uh, I know uh, uh, that, that Miami did try to send pressure. I don't think that's, is, is that a way to try to get after him, especially with, you know, do you want to send numbers after Josh Allen? Cause it looks as a whole against the blitz. I think it was maybe more of a storyline against him earlier in the season. Now, look, I do think that first interception of that game against the dolphins down in the red zone was a zero blitz situation. And, and Josh threw that to the wrong color Jersey there. But uh, if the st- should the Steelers just try to rush the rush the four and be kind of creative in that, or should they try to send numbers against him? I think you could try to send numbers, and I think rookie offensive guard Osiris Torrance, who's had a really solid season, to me where he struggled is when it gets confusing with how the defense lines up and then where they send their pressures from. Like guys dropping out and then – other guys filling in and missed assignments. Like that's that's tough for a young player. If you look at the rest of their offensive line, uh, on the left side, you have Connor McGovern, year five, Deion Dawkins, year seven, Mitch Morse, year eight. And then on the other side, you have Spencer Brown, who's in year three, but his play has started every game his entire career. So there's a lot of experience. So that's to me is the area that you could potentially exploit with some creative exotic blitzes. Um, but that actually the offensive line outside of the last couple of games when teams have been doing some different stuff has been real strength for them. I mean, they've been really good in pass protection for most of the season. Uh, Josh Allen has faced, I think the the least amount of pressures this season that he has his entire career. So that's a, that's an area of strength. They're healthy. Uh, Deion Dawkins has been dealing with a little deal. He kind of ripped his finger last week uh, right at like below the knuckles. Uh, all the way across, had to get stitched up. He missed part of the game. 
He was limited in practice on Wednesday. Then yesterday he missed with an illness. So that's something to track as well. Uh, we'll see if he's back out there today. But I, I think it's got to be a mixture. If you do one thing against this offense, if you do one thing against Josh Allen, he's going to get into a, a, a rhythm in the game and he's going to exploit it. So I think it's about being ahead of um, what they can counter with and adjust to. Uh, and, and I think the, the Steelers have to be really creative with how they approach him and then make the right adjustments too. Like the Bills are really good, as you saw last week against the Dolphins, figuring out what you do against them for the first 30 minutes and then adjust. And their defense is playing so well over the last six weeks that that's keeping them in games and allowing them to find what's going to eventually exploit how the defense is playing them. So it's going to be a chess match. It always is. Uh, and you have a, a quarterback in Josh Allen in year six who's doing more pre-snap, post-snap, like running the offense than he ever has before, has a really good feel for it. So you got to try to catch him. And when you catch him, you got to make him pay. Like you got to get the turnover. You got to try to score points even because the defense is playing so well that, you know, last week, if they don't get a short field, they might only give up seven points in that game against one of the scariest offenses in the league. Deion Dawkins, uh, speaking of him, uh, what's up with that 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 set of his? And and he 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 tends to have a little bit uh, wider spacing uh, as far as the rest of the offensive line. I think he's more of a he likes to quick set uh, a lot on that line. Has uh, has he been asked a lot? Because you you'll see uh, the other offensive linemen with their hands in the dirt, and Deion's uh, uh, kind of in a crouch. Yeah, this is the best season of his career, and I think it's been a bit of a technique adjustment uh he's been working with aaron cromer who's in his second year as offensive line coach and i'm just i just thinking about what you're talking about dawkins strength is he, he's an immovable object i mean guys have talked about over the years that I, you know defensive uh, ta- uh linemen that i've talked to that have gone against them when you get one-on-one with him and you get deep into it he gets the anchor and set it's almost impossible to move him so I think what what you're seeing there is an adjustment to get into his to his spot, beat the defensive lineman to his spot, and especially this week that's going to be important because Alex Highsmith, dude, watching him on tape, he is about as quick as as you'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of actually of AJ Epinesa, who doesn't have nearly as much of the production, but is similar in terms of the ability to get off and get around that edge. Uh, so quickly. I mean, it's going to come in handy potentially this week for Dawkins, but that you're right. That's not something that he's always done. And it's something that he's been employing this year and he's given up one sack. And I think the least amount of pressures in his career. So it's been working. Matt, as you mentioned, the Bills defense really underrated fourth best defense in terms of points allowed per game, despite losing Matt Milano, Trey White early in the season, how they persevere despite some of those key defensive injuries. Yeah, uh, I think they have depth on their defensive line, and that's where it starts. I think for the most part, outside of, I'd say, the last four weeks, they've found a way to generate problems for on the interior. And so it starts with Ed Oliver. Like, Ed Oliver's had a career year, uh, probably should have gotten a little bit more uh, Pro Bowl hype or end-of-the-season hype than he has. Uh, the pressures, the career high in sacks, the – uh, tackles for a loss. Uh, he set career highs everywhere you look up and down his stat sheet. And then on the back end, I mean, Rasul Douglas, I know, you know, he's probably not going to play this week. He was uh, a huge addition. When they lost Trey White, going to Dane Jackson and a very young player in Christian Benford, who has actually developed into 
quite a burgeoning star for them. I mean, you go back and watch his last two games. I think he's got like 90 uh, PFF overall grades. His coverage grades are sensationally starting to turn the ball over a little bit. He's turning into what they hoped Kyer Elam would turn into, their first-round pick from last year, who's buried on the bench. Um, that secondary, led by Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, and obviously in the, in the slot, Taron Johnson, who's as good as any uh, defensive back inside in the league, that's been important. Then you look at their linebacking crew. Terrell Bernard has been a revelation. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds, they spent five years waiting for him to figure out how to make splash plays. And if you look at the splash play counter, sacks, interceptions, forced fumbled, forced fumbles, Bernard has more this season as a second-year starter than Tremaine Edmonds had in all three of those categories through his whole five years in Buffalo. Mm. Oh, and so wow. that's massive. That's a massive adjustment. Then when Milano goes out, they bring in Tyrell Dobson, a former undrafted free agent, who's the third highest graded PFF linebacker in football this year. Like, it's just, it's wild. They develop players really well. Sean McDermott has finally gotten a, a really good feel for his defense. He's been more aggressive, too. If you notice, their blitz percentage, while not a ton higher over the last six games, the effectiveness, how they're landing, and um, and how they're affecting quarterbacks has changed dramatically. So he's very creative in how he sends them, and he's got three guys who are elite blitzers. Terrell Bernard, Jordan Poyer, and Taron Johnson. And Poyer is playing up in the box much more because on passing downs, they're going to a dime look with Taylor Rapp, uh, who came over from the Rams, and that has been just an absolute revelation for their defense. Yeah, and the experience in that secondary of Hyde and Poyer, I mean, those guys have been playing football for a long time. It's going to make this one a challenge. But you mentioned uh, Teron Johnson, the slot corner, and what bu- what makes Buffalo so unique is, as you know, they're a, a nickel team. They're they're four two five. They're not going to be in their you know base too much, especially with the injuries at inside linebacker. If Pittsburgh were to go heavy and play their their brand of football, 12 personnel, 13 personnel, bring in extra tight ends, do you think Buffalo will stay in the nickel? What will it take to put Buffalo into their kind of you know true 4-3 base defense? So I don't see a scenario where they're going to take Taron Johnson off the field um, because he, he plays like a linebacker. Like he's right. he, he's such a crazy hybrid that he can he can go one play and defend Tyree kill one-on-one. And then the next play is in the box, making a tackle for a loss on a running back. So he, he's very valuable. Um, the one thing I think that they could throw in is a wrinkle. They have, they could go heavy in on the inside and maybe play three defensive tackles. They never do that. They've never done that under Sean McDermott, but if the mm-hmm. weather calls for it and it's going to be this like grinded out kind of play, like some kind of five man front, would make a lot of sense. They have Linval Joseph, who has been in active the last couple of weeks. Um, I think they could potentially uh, – Daquan Jones returned a couple weeks ago, so Joseph's been the odd man out. But Joseph's strength is as a run defender. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have five defensive tackles active for this game. You know, Von Miller uh, obviously has struggled to get back to form. And we saw last week uh, a little bit of a glimmer of the player that he used to be on the final drive where he made a couple of plays and had a really good pressure on what was a near interception on a two throw and thought he had a decent pass rush on the next play too. They're, they're almost holding him out most of the game and just trying to deploy him in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and I think they're liking that approach, but a lot of fans have been, 
impatient when it comes to Von Miller because obviously $20 million and it just hasn't been a, a, an impact on most games. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they try something different depending on what how the game plays out. But if it's just a regular weather game and it's not too much affected by that, I don't think they'll go too much away from what they do. Uh, Matt, do you expect them to uh, still uh, be predominantly zone heavy uh, on, on on defense? Uh, you know, at least try to maybe play some too high safety stuff, uh, and uh, unless the Steelers are able to start running effectively to get one of those safeties down in the box, is that kind of way you the way you're expecting this to start out, or will the weather uh, just and and, and the Steelers? predicted game plan of just trying to bludgeon them with the run will we see stacked boxes right out right out of shoot from this defense that's a that's a good question um you know i think sean mcdermott would probably end up doing the opposite of what i predict because they they do try to change things up quite a bit i do think the bills offense the the the, the way that this has worked i know they were down last week but the bills offense tries to get out so the teams have to pass against them because that's when they can kind of settle into their zone looks and disguise everything pre-snap and put especially young, inexperienced quarterbacks in a bind. And while Mason Rudolph's obviously not young, um, it's been a while since he's played. And he hasn't taken a lot of chances. He hasn't put the ball in jeopardy. Um, but I, I know the weather was really horrible last last week for them. Uh, but when you see six six fumbles in a game, you know, you're probably your eyes go wide and and I wouldn't be surprised if that's something they've been working on all week. They've been a very opportunistic defense. I think they're third in the league in total takeaways. They force a lot of fumbles. Uh, so I think that to me, those zone is the play because, you know, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, those are guys that I don't know if they have the horses to play man against those wide receivers. And we, we've seen over the last couple of weeks, if they get by their man, it, it's absolutely curtains. So I, I think they still – Stay with the too high look. They go with uh, a lot of zone, but they'll they'll dress it up. They'll they'll play a lot of different, uh, give up, throw a lot of different looks at them, and and try to confuse Rudolph. Uh, and that's what this defense does so well. I mean, Tua was talking about it last week. It's like you think they're doing one thing, and then they the, the snap happens, and they've changed it. I could see Sean McDermott kind of cycling through a ton of different looks for this game. And what's the critical level if this if this defense does not have Tyrell uh, Dotson and, and and Rasul Douglas? How how impactful would is is that in this game? It's definitely impactful because they've been playing so many snaps and they've been a part of this 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 defense that's played so well. But they do, they have guys that they can fit in. I mean, Tyrell Dotson was an afterthought. He lost the middle linebacker competition to Terrell Bernard halfway through training camp, and everybody everybody forgot about him. Nobody was thinking about him. Nobody talked about him. Um, so if you would have told me Balin Specter or Dorian Williams, the rookie would have gone in for Matt Milano when he got injured, I would have said, okay, you know, so uh, he's played amazing and he's, he's had this unbelievable impact, but I don't think it'll be uh, that big of a drop off only because I think not to downplay Dotson season, but I almost think feel like it's a, more of a reflection of the scheme and the coaches than it is anything else. So I think that they'll get somebody else in there. They'll have them coached up. Terrell Bernard was talking about Spectre this week and said he's been amazed at how keenly he's been studying both positions, depending on where he would be needed eventually, and how prepared he was when he got thrown into the fire against Miami halfway through that game. Uh, so 
Douglas to me is the bigger part because he, he, he leads the Bills in interceptions and he's only played for them uh, about half of the season. Uh, Dane Jackson, very game kind of player, but not the same kind of ball hawk uh, or even uh, uh, a guy that generates turnovers in the same way. So they'll, they'll feel it, uh, but I don't think it's the kind of drop off, you know, even with all these guys out, I still don't think it's the kind of effect that you like on the other side with WAP being out. Man, we didn't even get to talk to about the tight ends on the Buffalo side of the football with uh, really Kincaid and Knox and, you know, even I think Quentin Morris over there and the Steelers have struggled against tight ends uh, this year. And, you know, I, but uh, Alex and I will probably talk a little bit about that in our preview here. Matt, tell me why the Bills, especially with the weather and all like this, why the Bills, uh, uh, why, why people should lay the nine and a half or ten against uh, the Steelers in this game? Well, you know, on the road for Mason Rudolph in this kind of environment, um, it's gone so well for him, right? And But this is a defense that really confuses quarterbacks, and it takes advantage of opportunities. And up front, like, Daquan Jones, this is going to be his third game back. And when he left the Bills uh, in week four, or week five, excuse me, he was the number one or number two graded defensive tackle as a pass rusher in the league. And he's just getting himself ramped back up. So you're going to see a better version of him. You're going to see Ed Oliver on the inside. You're going to see some of these young players. I mean, they, they're such a good running team, the Steelers. But Greg Rousseau is one of the best young uh, run-defending edge rushers in the NFL. And his length is unbelievable. I mean, if he gets off of a block uh, off of the snap, it doesn't matter if the run's going to the complete other side and it's a wide run. He's going to get down that line and with his length affect the, the play. So I just think that there's more answers for the Bills in this game. And then offensively, to our earlier conversation, they have run the ball better. And I think they can run the ball in different ways against this team and, you know, utilize to what you just mentioned. Their tight ends in the short and intermediate area. Khalil Shakir with a larger role. That's where he works. That's where he eats. And even Stephon Diggs. I mean, outside of those long balls, he's really um, – been effective in the short area of the field. And there's been an emphasis on that. I think Josh Allen knows he's got to take care of the football. He had a couple plays last week where you kind of just scratch your head a little bit and he's that kind of ride. Uh, So it's a roller coaster every week with him, but the good is, is so, um, so high, so good. And then him as a runner, Josh Allen is a runner. Like if, if, if the Steelers somehow shut down James Cook and, Leonard Fournette and Ty Johnson and or Latavius Murray, you still got to deal with Josh Allen as the runner. And that, to me, is the ultimate weapon in a game with weather that the Bills still have in their favor. All right, Matt, how do you see this one going uh, on, on, on Sunday here, uh, potentially in a snowy, windy day? Uh, how about uh, – and, 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 you know, uh, what, what do you have as a score prediction here? And, and what do you think the Steelers need to do to win this game? So I have the Bills winning actually right on the spread there, 27-17. I think that uh, they'll be effective uh, in the passing game, and I know that's way over the total. The total's like absolutely shrunk, but I think the Steelers are going to be able to run the ball a bit. Uh, I think they'll be able to score a couple touchdowns here. Um, I I think it's probably going to be a closer game than the 27-17. Maybe that's a a late touchdown or or something like that. but I think for the Steelers to win this game, they got to force turnovers. Uh, when the Bills force turnovers, they're not the same team. They play games much closer. Uh, and then Mason Rudolph has to absolutely 
take care of the football and not give the Bills offense any short fields. I mean, that, that they have one of the best young kickers in the league in Ty, Tyler Bass, and I know the weather's supposed to be bad, uh, but you know he's kicked in Buffalo, he's kicked in the wind, he's kicked in the weather. I think that's a real advantage for the Bills as well. So I think the Steelers just have to play, you know, perfect game on both sides of the ball and do what they do best, which is not, um, you know, make any mistakes that allow the other team to just run away with a game and and hope that it could, they could be close in the fourth quarter and uh, steal one. All right, uh, everybody should be following Matt on Twitter slash X at Matt Perino. That's P-A-R-R-I-N-O. You can read his work at Syracuse.com. Tell us what's going on uh, uh, this weekend at Syracuse.com. And and I believe you have a podcast as well. Yes, sir. We'll have you covered at the website. Uh, You can can find our coverage there. And then the podcast, we we already have, I think, three episodes up now. We'll have our big preview show Saturday night. If you're coming into town for the game, come on out to Wing Nuts. Uh, it's one of the best uh, chicken wing places in Buffalo. Uh, we do a live uh, show there once a month, and we're doing the live show there this Saturday night. We'll preview Bills versus Steelers. We had a Patriots fan come out a couple weeks ago when we did the show. It was fun. Uh, fans get to mingle uh, with each other. Uh, it's a good time. We're going to watch Dolphins and uh, Chiefs after that. I think everybody listening to this is boycotting Buffalo Wings right now. (laughs) 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 Uh, Hey, Matt, you're absolutely fantastic uh, uh, and and have been every time you've been on the show. We appreciate the extra time today for this important uh, super wild card uh, weekend matchup. Uh, Best of luck uh, this weekend, and, and we look forward to having you back on the Terrible Podcast sometime down the road. Thanks for having me, guys. And and real quick, final note, it, it's okay to come out and have the wings because in Buffalo, we don't call them Buffalo wings. They're just wings. Okay, So <laughs> you don't have to you – can, you can partake in what I think is the best, uh, you know, niche food in, in the world. I mean, Buffalo wings in Buffalo, there's nothing like it. Fantastic. Matt, thanks for your time. Take care, guys. And welcome back to the Terrible Podcast. And again, our special thanks to Matt Perino. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Perino, P-A-R-R-I-N-O. Let him know you heard him on the show and appreciate him taking up some time here in his busy schedule getting ready for this playoff game. Again, he writes for Syracuse.com, covers things for News for Buffalo, and has the Shout Podcast. So appreciate Matt and his terrific insight, Dave. Absolutely. Glad to have him back on the podcast again. And uh, if you get a chance listening this before Sunday, uh, shout him out on uh, Twitter slash X if you get a chance, please. All right, Dave, let's you and I preview this game and kind of continue to continue the conversation we had before we talked, uh, took the pause and spoke with Matt. And I think the parallels between these two teams are really interesting. Buffalo was six and six. They felt done for. There were questions about their head coach, Sean McDermott, and his future. They find their run game. They go on a five-game winning streak. They make the playoffs on the final day of the season. Pittsburgh, they're in Buffalo, fire their OC earlier in the season, too. Pittsburgh, they fire their OC midseason. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. Some questions about Tomlin. They revive their running game. They win their final three. They make the playoffs on the final Sunday of the season. So they're different in obvious ways in terms of pass game and, and those types of things. But just kind of big picture, the flow, they're not that far apart. 
Yeah, you broke up a little bit on, on oh, me there. Yeah. It says I've got got some low system resource. Uh, I, I got the gist of what you said. Uh, look, uh, Buffalo is going to come out and 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 attempt to run the football. Uh, you'll see their tackles get on the move. Uh, specifically, you'll see Dion Dawkins out in space. Heck, they'll even pull center mid. Uh, some tosses. They like to run that uh, kind of crack toss and a regular toss. Uh, they like to get those uh, athletic offensive linemen carrying up uh, their run schemes. And uh, Cook is a guy that uh, can be dangerous for you out on the edge, especially on some of those tosses. If they get key blocks, I think their 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 wide receivers would do a good job of of trying to lock up on people as well too. So if you're the Steelers defense and your 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 first and foremost aspect of this is trying to shut down uh, that running game specifically on the early downs and then off of that uh, you have to watch out for the design runs with Josh Allen that's going to be a chore uh, we haven't even gotten to the passing game and Josh Allen uh, is obviously one of the top quarterbacks uh, in the league hopefully the elements will tamp down the uh, the 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 deeper ball specifically if they're not having a guy uh, like Gabe Davis out there but Diggs is a guy that can get downfield. Uh, Khalil Shakir can do stuff either underneath or down the field uh, as well. And then as we've already talked several times in this episode, uh, the uh, the tight ends. But uh, you've got it's, it's got to start on first and second down uh, with stopping the run and more than likely uh, you know, runs with some offensive linemen on the move. Sure. I've made the point a couple times before, but I'll repeat it once more is I think there's a bit of a national idea, maybe in in Steelers kind of fandom that Buffalo's this wide open, you know, passing attack, spread the field out. And they can be that for sure, but they're not always that they're, they can be a power run team. They use a six offensive lineman quite a bit in David Edwards. They're going to run multiple tight ends. They have a fullback in Reggie Gilliam that they'll use. Occasionally they'll go max protect and run play play action off of that and take a couple deep shots that way. So they can be a power physical team. They got some big guys up front. Torrance is a big guy at right guard mentioned Brown at right tackle Dawkins at left tackle. Um, They can be, they can have a similar personality as Pittsburgh and Josh Allen, 15 rushing touchdowns this year. The ties an NFL record for most rushing scores by a quarterback. And you mentioned the dart scheme with the backside tackles pulling and their RPO game and their bash game off of that. There's a lot of layers to that run game. So Point is, you know, Buffalo can be just as rough and tumble and physical as Pittsburgh is on their side of the ball. Yeah, you have to make the tackle. You can't let the yards after after first contact happen in this one. You got to be a sure tackling team. Uh, uh, they they they. They have success with the uh, with the quick RPO, especially out on the edge. If they get the numbers out there, uh, I think they made Miami miss on a couple of those plays as well, too. Uh, they do some stuff with the rub routes, especially against man-type situations to get some guys open. They miss some explosive plays in that game against the Dolphins. On one of those, they 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 got the uh, the Dolphins uh, defensive backs to uh, collide there and 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 ended up in in a bust down the field. I think who was that? Secure, I think had 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 that one. Uh, I, I'm not sure you want to blitz Josh Allen a lot in this game. The, the Dolphins, what was it like six times? The Dolphins sent uh, zero blitz after Josh Allen, 
And I, I, I think uh, even uh, that account cover one uh, on Twitter who follows the Bills does a good job of saying that Josh Allen's uh, throughout the season made strides when it comes to the blitz. But, you know, rolling this thing back, you, you got to stop their ground game because if, if, if their ground game gets going and they get into those second and four, second and five or, or less situations, that's when they're more apt to use the play action uh, type situation to open up you know, some of those quick glance routes and all like that. I mean, this, this is a dangerous offense, uh, even, even in the elements, but if you don't shut down the run game and let a guy like cook, uh, and Fournette for that matter, you call him, you know, playoff Lenny there, uh, uh, it's it, it will make for a long day. Yeah. You wonder if Fournette's going to make a bigger impact in this game. There's a guy that's had success against Pittsburgh running the football. That was kind of more in his prime, but Fournette's had that success and he's had playoff success, nine career postseason touchdowns. So maybe not going to get the vintage Fournette stuff, but it, a, a big physical back in a game like this, it, it probably plays in his favor uh, relatively well. Situationally, they're strong. They're the number one third down offense in football, converting essentially half the time. There's six in red zone play. And the last note from a run game perspective is, Anytime it's a, a weighty situational moment, goal line, third and short, fourth and short, and they're an empty alert quarterback draw, quarterback power with Josh Allen and, and the twitch push, as you mentioned earlier in the show as well. So anytime they're an empty, you got to have that thought in the back of your head. Is this a design keeper for Josh Allen? Yeah, and I, I, I wouldn't imagine if Steve was going to play a lot of man in this one either, right? No, they're going to be in zone probably quite a bit. I would probably suspect eyes on the quarterback to try to, you know, plaster whenever he starts escaping and leaving the pocket. And they're just, they've been a zone team for the back half of the year. If we're talking about coming out, the Steelers coming out of this, this, this game with a win, uh, my thoughts on this is, is, Man, we probably need to be talking about the interior of the Steelers' defensive line. Uh, Keanu Benton, it would be a great time for him to have the single best. And he's had some nice showings throughout the season here. Uh, but it would be nice for him to have his best game of the season. Larry Ogunjobi, uh, Cam Hayward, obviously. That's going to be an interesting matchup with Cam Hayward versus Connor uh, McGovern in this one, Alex. Uh, if, if you want to talk about potential weak weakest uh, a weak link on that uh offensive line i mean uh, of of the bills it might be both of their guards and rookie cyrus mm-hmm. uh uh sorry oh, is torrent a rookie it, it, yeah he's a rookie yeah, it's yeah. cyrus oh, i keep wanting to call him osiris torrent yeah. to make him irish but it's cyrus o, o- torrent yeah si- uh yeah uh and uh, Connor McGovern, you know, I think could be a weak part in this as well, too. Uh, look, they gave up some interior pressures in that mm-hmm. game against the Dolphins. Now, once again, the Dolphins uh, did have a concerted effort in 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 second along, third along situations, ascending numbers, and I think you have to pick your spots when you do this uh, against him. Uh, I don't think you're going to see the, the, the Steelers go the entire game and not send numbers after them, but you better choose your spots wisely because I think I feel like Josh Allen's been good as the season uh, has progressed against numbers overall. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I think the interior rush has to be there to collapse the pocket. That's going to help the outside linebackers a little bit more. And I think you have some winnable matchups there. Ogunjobi on the rookie, the right guard, O'Torrent, is going to be one that they can exploit. Or Ogunjobi has to play his best football. It's been a bit better the last three weeks, but I want to see more from him. He's got to have a marquee kind of game. Hayward's got to show that bull rush. The Hayward bull rush has not been the same. Obviously, we're dealing with the the groin injury, and you expect maybe some 
some rust and him not being 100% healthy, but he's got to be vintage Hayward in terms of that long arm stab and that bull rush that really pushes and collapses the pocket on Josh Allen. Personally, Dave, I would I would probably blitz a bit more than you're willing to. I think you have to try to almost treat this a little like Lamar Jackson in terms of blitzing, not just to to get pressure, but to contain and constrict Josh Allen and make him play from the pocket, which he can do, but of course he is incredibly dangerous out of structure out on the move and to try to compensate for the loss of TJ Watt. I think rushing your standard four is not going to be the most effective way. You got to mix it up. You can't just do one thing. You said that Matt said that there's going to be some safe four man pressures with nickel corners and off ball linebackers. The Pittsburgh's been running more in recent weeks, but I think you want to, I think Allen's had some problems against the blitz still. He threw that pick that pick against Miami on, on cover zero. Cover right? zero yeah. Now I'm not saying you have to go cover zero, but he's had some issues against that and some communication type problems. And, um, you know, you have to pick and choose your spots, as you said, but I, I just think sitting back and you know, rushing for even safe pressure with four, you can't do that all game. You got to find some ways to, to rush five uh, occasionally. And look, if you're going to twist and blitz and stunt up front and all like that, uh, he, he, Josh Allen is good at, at finding the escape lane in there. So, yeah. uh, you, yeah, you, you're trying to put have these 10 sticks up there with the plates on top of them and go back <laughs> you know, and keep all these plates spinning. There's a lot to do on the defensive side of football. Uh, you know, not only stopping a run, but in the passing game. Now, look, I'm, I'm less afraid of him to me. I'd like to take my chances with him trying to extend plays outside of the pocket and, 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 and throwing the football. Now, obviously if that's he, what he does. That's what he's made his living off. I right? know, but in these conditions, I think he's more apt to, to put one up in the air where it doesn't belong. Yeah, I get that. And he, listen, he's turnover prone. They've turned the ball over right. 28 times. He's fumbled. I mean, and I, and I mentioned the magic number. You got to get him two turnovers. He's one in three this season when he's turned the ball over at least twice. So that's number. The defense has to hit. Look, he he can't be comfortable in the snow. Uh, plain plain and simple. You got to constrict the pocket. Uh, if you get him in these second and third down situations, uh, and look, it, just getting to him isn't enough because you got to put him on on, on the ground as, as well. And he is going to take off with the football. And my suggestion when he does is hit him. Uh, hit yeah. him. Hit yeah. he he wants he invites that physicality. Give it to him. Yeah, for sure. Legally, of course, we're, we're saying right, here, right. Um, but he doesn't, he's not one that slides easily. And, you know, even when he tries to go out of bounds to try to inch out those extra couple of yards or two, um, the, the concern is, I, I imagine he's going to be pretty comfortable in the snow. He's played at Wyoming, sure. he's played in Buffalo for years. It's not anything new to him or to this team. So yeah, can you make it un- un- uncomfortable? But I think you're right. I think interior pressure, Pittsburgh, a has to have it. There's just no bones about it. Um, but I think they can get it based on who they have and who Buffalo has. And look, uh, ball searching is a key in this, uh, uh, especially if when, when rushing, you have to have eye because you're not going to probably get to him a lot in this game when it comes to a sack. But when you do get to him, uh, you, your eyes have got to be on that football and try to get that football out of there. And then conversely, uh, we we've seen this Steelers defense uh, do a good job with 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 in, in, in you know against trying to rip these ball balls out. You know Eric Rowe with the punch. Uh, Mark Robinson got a helmet uh, on a football that knocked one out. It just feels like the ball has got to come out of that offense turnover wise 
not just once, but at least twice in this game for the mm-hmm. Steelers to 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 have a chance. And yes, turnovers are impactful in every football game, but it really, really does feel so that 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 you're going to need a short field or two and and steal a possession or two and get them all, all off the field. So you've got to ball hunt specifically when when rushing the pass with Josh Allen. He's He's put the ball uh, in the opponent's hands, not only in passing game, but but in in sack situations a couple of times. Yeah, including once against the Dolphins in that Week 18 win. From a receiver standpoint, you know, I know Diggs' production is not what it was to begin the year, but as Matt said, some really close, you know, just near misses, so to speak, the last couple of weeks. Kincaid, how do you stop Dalton Kincaid, Dave, with the inside linebackers still hurting? You know, I, I think Mink is going to be on him in some situational football. Third down, some people have pushed back on that and said, don't, you know, restrict Minka to play man coverage, let him roam. But I don't know who else is going to try to, you know, match up on a guy like Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, and we've seen the tight ends do work against the Steelers before, and you'd have to think that, you know, in 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 the shorter to intermediate passing game in the middle of the field, you're going to see them try to do that uh, in 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 this game too, especially if the Steelers play a lot of zone, which we both I think uh, expect them to do. Uh, and then Diggs over there. Good luck, Joey. You know, <laughs> uh, because uh, quite honestly, you're going to have to have him on the island quite a bit in this game, I think. And uh, you cannot let any of these wide receivers, and even if Gabe Davis doesn't play, it doesn't seem like like he will, you you, you, you can't let the seven-yard pass end up 40 yards down the field. Yeah, and the concern is with Porter, he's had a really strong season, just the, the route running, the separation ability of uh, Stephon Diggs, can Porter keep up with that? And you've seen Cooper give you know Porter more fits, and DK Metcalf and some of the short area quick game give Porter some fits. And so when it's that kind of you know, backyard fight against D-Hop or some jump ball situations or real contested moments. Porter wins those. That's his calling card. Can he handle some of the, you know, different alignments when Diggs is lined up in the slot? It's even in the backfield occasionally Diggs is. And so they really do some kind of different stuff with him. I'm not saying Porter can't do that. He's traveled and he's used to lining up in, in slots and defending the entire field. But against a real shifty route runner, a real nuanced guy like Diggs, it's going to be a big challenge as Terrell Austin indicated. Can't let this team down in the red zone, especially the low red zone. They're very, very effective down there. Uh, with uh, you know, they'll run that RPO glance uh, 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 route. With that, uh, they will leak. They will uh, leak these tight ends out on you. Uh, they will run rubs down in there for easy touchdowns. So not allowing them down in in the red zones, low red zone specifically has got to be a focus point. The best defense that you can have probably in this game, especially with the elements that we are expecting, are 75-yard fields. Yeah, and a really healthy offense on Pittsburgh that keeps Josh Allen on the sideline. That might be your, your best defense, might be your offense in this one. So probably a good time to transition to the Buffalo Bills defense, which for my money, has been underrated this year, despite all the injuries that they've had. They're the fourth-ranked scoring defense in football. They take the ball away at a really high clip. They're really aggressive, attacking. They swarm to the football really well, Dave. I think just the, the way they play, their attitude is really impressive on tape. What are your first impressions when you watch this Bills defense? Got to run, Adam. Got to run, Adam. And you go back, you watch the Dolphins game, and the Dolphins are more of the the uh, the fake pitch, and uh, uh, they, they try to kill you with the speed specifically uh, on the edges and why wouldn't you when you have some of the pieces that they have in there and then after watching that all 22 I rolled back to the uh, 
the game against the uh, the Patriots because the Patriots, uh, uh, especially with Ezekiel Elliott and with, with, with what they have been trying to do as of late, uh, are more interior. Uh, the Steelers are better when they just, you know, attack the middle of the line. And I, I think that's how you attack this Buffalo Bills defense, uh, specifically if they don't have a guy like Terrell Dotson in there uh, overall. You have got to get your 12 and 13 personnel out on the field and win the way you have won these last several weeks. You've got to manhandle them, uh, especially if they're going to run a lot of that nickel uh, defense out there against them. You have got to force your will on, on this defense in the running game between the tackles. Yes. You, yes, you can make some waves with them. I think with, 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 with some of these Zorro tosses and all like that. So you're obviously going to have to mix them in there, but boy, I want to see some power. I want to see some inside zone. Uh, I want to see these offensive line linemen getting to the second level and getting on some, some, some extra bodies. You know, if you look at this bill's defense as a whole, when it comes to 10 yard runs, uh, specifically over the last several weeks, they can be run on Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the way you do that is, is between the tackles with, with big body people. If the Steelers are not able to establish a running game, uh, specifically in between the tackles, it's going to make for tough sledding in this overall. It, 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 it's that simple. You have to be able to run the football and you have to not change and get away from the thing. You don't be cute about this. Everybody, right. everybody knows what's coming uh, here and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you just have to put it out there and say, stop it. And uh, you go back to that. You can't help, but uh, with, with this being bills week to roll back to that game several years ago, 2016 against the bills in the snow where Le'Veon bell, man, how many damn times did he run the football in that game? Uh, how many was it? It was a, a ton. It was a it, ridiculous amount. It, it was a ridiculous amount of, of, of times. And he rushed for 200 something uh, yards in that game. I'll get you specifics here. 38 carries mm. for 236 yards. Now, I don't think Najee's going to have 38 carries uh, in this game, but you, if, if you can get 30, if you can get 38 carries out of uh, Najee and Jalen Warren combined, then you're probably going to win this game. Uh, plain, plain and simple here, but uh, run. This is this is what the Steelers' mentality over the years have, has been, right? Big body backs, physical backs, getting into the playoffs, nasty weather. Uh, strap them up. Here you go. Try to stop it. Exactly. I you know put that on a bumper sticker. It's a long bump. It's a large bumper sticker to sure. put on. It's gonna take up the, the the back of the windshield. But um, I think you're 100 right, Dave. I mean, dance with the one who brought you. The run game brought you here. I mean, the weather is gonna play into that even more. Buffalo, they're averaging, they're allowing I think four and a half yards per carry in part because they play that you know four through five. And again, Johnson, really fun player to watch. Really physical nickel corner. Remember him at the senior bowl when he was coming out, he was a small school guy. He had some really impressive reps. And so I don't want to diminish the job that he can do. There's a reason why they stay in that personality. You know, the, the run defense is good enough. And I think they, they have good team run defense. Run fits are, are sound and Poyer can stop the run and Johnson as well. And that D line is pretty strong too. I mean, Ed Oliver, um, I think even Puna Ford, no one talks about Puna Ford. He's a really fun player to watch real. He's dude like under six foot playing D tackle. He's 5'11 and change. And he's just, you know, athletic and stout and hard guy to kind of leverage and get under. But yeah, they've allowed 53 runs of 10 or more yards 
go heavy, 12 personnel, 13 personnel, impose your will. Your model of winning is to run the ball, you know, win time of possession, grind this game out, keep Josh Allen off the field. You do those things, you're going to keep it close. You're going to be able to have a chance to win this in the final five minutes to make a play late to, to, to go ahead and win this game. So if Pittsburgh can't run the ball early, often, and effectively, they will not win this game. We talk about we have given Tyron Johnson a lot of respect over over the years here, uh, and and with good reason. I but that I think you recognize him, you're cognizant of him, but you don't be scared of him uh, here. I he's got to come out of this game earning his keep along with those uh, uh, off the those off the ball linebackers. Those you got to make those safeties. They're probably going to come out uh, initially. Maybe in some, uh, they're going to play a lot of zone, I think. And why, why, you know, they got to try to keep a lid on this thing. Probably going to see some, some too deep, uh, uh, cover two stuff, but I, I, I think you're going to see predominant zone in there. You've got to get those, those safe. You got to have them stacking the box in this, uh, for you to take whatever shots you are going to take down the field and and those can be had as well too if you can get them in the right defensive situation you look at this running game overall run defense for them uh with with buffalo and as of late these numbers are probably a little less reflective because they are they're season long numbers but i think the tape uh now i'll tell you what that that bill's defense was I, i thought i was going to uh the, the the Bills defense was flying around against New England on the tape, and you didn't get a good sense of just how maybe if if if, if the Patriots were able to stick more with more of their inside stuff, you didn't get a good feel of maybe the success in it because man, that, that Bills defense was jumping in that game, and the Patriots just couldn't do anything right on the offensive side of football there. But I'm just going to throw some numbers here at you for season long uh, type rushing against this defense left guard. Uh, run runs offensive runs to left guard against the Bills. The Bills are 29th ranked mm. de- defense at 5.2 yards per carry. Up the middle, uh, 21st ranked defense against the runs up the middle, 3.97. Right guard, 27th ranked defense at 4.94 yards a game. Uh, you even get oh, over to the right tackle where uh, obviously the Steelers will have Broderick. Broderick Jones over there, uh, and probably a tight end uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, with, 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 with Washington over there. 4.5 yards per carry, 21st ranked defense. This defense, I think, if you keep chipping away at it, can be run against uh, in, in this game. So uh, that's where I'm looking for these runs to go. Nothing, nothing fancy here. Run your power, run your inside zone. Yeah. Uh, don't don't get fancy with the footwork. I mean, you're going to run these counters. You're going to run these split zones. The Steelers have had. It's been nice to see the split zone work, right? Uh, you run what you've been running these last three weeks with that running game. Keep chipping away with it. Get bodies on bodies, and I think you can have some success. Power, duo, counter, those are going to be your staple runs in this one. I know it sounds super simplistic in like 1970s, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, and, and you need more than that. But there is no other way you're going to win. You know, Mason's going to pass it through the ball. 50 times in this game, 45 times in this game, you're just cooked. And, and Rudolph's right. played well, but it's just not a, you can't get in that kind of game with Buffalo trying to match attempt for attempt with Josh Allen versus Mason Rudolph. You're just, you know, again, not a shot to Rudolph. It's the same if it was Trubisky or Pickett, anybody versus Allen. You, you just can't play that game. It was like Mahomes and Ben in 21. Just Mahomes was going to have the advantage. That's how it was. And you got in that kind of situation, you fell behind and you were just kind of screwed at that point. So 
that's going to be the MO. But when Pittsburgh does throw the football, Dave, how do you attack things? What do you think the uh, the thought process needs to be? If they're going to play a lot of zone, I see if I can't get the football to Pat Fryermuth, uh in, 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 in this game. Uh, I I, I like the fact that we're coming off of uh, a, a game here where Connor Hayward was used a little bit in the passing game. I think if you do some stuff out of uh, 13 personnel, I think you might see, a, I think that little see something that, 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 that Najee's been hinting at and all, I think uh, some of that might be revol- revolve around something maybe with Connor Hayward. I think you can do some creative stuff with him with some of that uh, 12 and 13 personnel uh, on the field. But I, 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 I think Pat Firemuth, uh, depending on how how they want to attack this thing, I think some of these uh, quick slants that you've seen to Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, uh, the the quicker kind of passing game, especially if those guys are going to play off of those guys on the outside, and and depending on how bad the elements are in this game, if you in, in the instances that you do get those one on one matchups on the outside, specifically if they don't have a guy like Rasul Douglas, uh, you. They're going to be calculated deep ball shots, but I think uh, as long as the football's, you know, you're not having to throw it 45 yards down the field as opposed to maybe 28 to 35 yards down the field on the outside, that's when you take the shots on the outside. But uh, don't be afraid to use your backs in the check down game. We've seen how effective that can be for the Steelers offense. But uh, uh, I think if we're coming out talking about the Steelers win in this one, I think you're talking about a short game. And I think you're specifically talking about one that uh, 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 emphasizes the use of the tight end. Yeah, I think trying to find some zone beaters will be key in this one. The yak's going to be important because I imagine they're not going to be a ton of huge plays downfield. Maybe something with Pickens, but it might be more yak based where you're, you know, beating zone coverage and turning up field and making somebody miss and getting a chunk play off of that. I think that's going to be the overall key. There will be an explosive play by Connor Hayward in this game. Now, whether that ends up how impactful that is. There will be some there win, lose, draw, whatever. It can't be a draw, obviously, <laughs> but uh, uh, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about a Connor Hayward play in this game. I like it. Is this, are we are we standing on the wheel route or just some sort of uh, explosive I, play? Look, I, you they they have they have spammed this split split zone so much, right? Last week a ton, yeah. I mean, you can do something off of that. I think. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm a big fan of the will mark my words where we will be talking about it, uh, an explosive play by Connor Hayward. All right. I love it. Um, but I think, yeah, in terms of other things to worry about, I feel like I've, uh, I'm a broken record because every defense, even Pittsburgh now does these kind of simulated pressures and creeper looks on those third and obvious past situations where they're going to have, you know, five, six, seven defenders up on the line of scrimmage and you don't know who's going to rush and who's going to drop out. I think Pittsburgh's done a much better job dealing with those things and sorting those things out the last half of the season as compared to the first half of the year, but it's still always going to be an issue when you're on the road, it's loud, there's crowd noise, you're working on silent count. Those type of things are going to be you know difficult. So how do you handle those pressure, those simulated looks? Uh, that's going to be critical. And then also just, this reminds me a bit of the Patriots, because of the veteran experience they have in the secondary, particularly at safety, where the Patriots had like a Jabril Peppers and somebody that had been playing in the league for a long time, and they could disguise their uh, you know coverages and rotate late when you have guys like Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer 
two guys that have been in the league, you're just generally speaking for a long time, but playing together for a long time, they do a great job of spinning late and rotating coverages. And so I know in the Patriots game, that was Trubisky at quarterback Rudolph starting in this one, but how do you handle and how do you identify both for Rudolph and for the receivers, those late rotations you're likely going to see from a Poyer from a Micah high because they really disguise, they don't tip things off well. And that post snap picture is often going to be much different than what things look pre-snap. Yeah, and people aren't going to like to hear this, but I don't think you're going to see a lot of middle of the field attacking uh, uh, in, in this game. I think you want to stay away from some of those guys as much as possible past 12 yards past the line of scrimmage overall. And look, if the Steelers have to come out and throw the football 38, 42, 50 times a game, that that's 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 not a recipe for this thing uh, sure. o- overall. Uh, it, it, it's probably going to be more of a concerted passing game short, short, crisp passing game, uh, overall, uh, here, but, uh, look, uh, just the recent track record, us talking about the Steelers offense with Mason Rudolph in third and long situations is that doesn't bode very well for this offense, uh, specifically in this game either, uh, uh, because of the play of the secondary and all like that, you know, they're going to do a good job of protecting the sticks. So it's, 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 it's super important that you don't get in the second and eight in the third and sevens and the third and nine situations like that here. You've got to stay ahead of the chains and where you kind of pop them uh, for down the field type of throws are on the second and fours or the second and threes, uh, those type situations when you're ahead of the chains. That's when I think you can kind of take your shots, but uh, you want them uh, to, to, you know, you, you want to make a concerted effort as much as you possibly can to get the ball in space to uh, uh, Deontay Johnson and 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 George Pickens, uh, whether it be on you know some of these quick slants that they've run and all all like that. So uh, that's how how you have to throw, and you, you can't be afraid of the check down. And once again, I I think for the Steelers to win, I I think they have to make a concerted effort to get the ball to their tight ends and to their running backs. Yeah, and and somebody new potentially Hayward Washington down the seam. How about that for one one attempt? You know, instead of just the boot game where he's cut his couple of passes this year on. Just a few other notes here on Buffalo more broadly. Um, you know, the punt return, punt coverage, special teams will be so important in this one with the weather. Who can kick in this win? Who can you know uh, hold in this win? Snap in this win? Punt in this win? That's going to be a factor. The Bills had that 95-yard punt return touchdown that really helped them beat Miami. That's going to be critical. You don't want special teams to be able to make a play that changes this whole uh, complexion of the game. Uh, Ball security, obviously, but the way that Buffalo just rips and attacks the football with their secondary, with their team swarm defense. You know, they saw on tape how much, you know, Pittsburgh fumbled six times against Baltimore because of the elements in part, but there's going to be an element and weather issue in this game. So focus on that, obviously. And then just the last stat is, if Pittsburgh can keep this game close, which is how they win 95% of their games, they're going to have the edge. This year, Pittsburgh, 9-2 and two in one-possession games, the best mark in football. Buffalo, 6-6 six and six in one-possession games. Buffalo typically, not typically, but they win a bunch of games by you know more than one possession with really taking control of things. So if Pittsburgh can keep it close, that should give them the advantage. Yeah, you can't fall behind in this one. And and yeah. once again, get in a situation where you have to get away from your running game. And and Buffalo's game plan is, man, if we can get them out of their running game, we got this uh, yeah. here. Can they block a punt? 
you know, can 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 the Steelers do something? And their punter coming off of uh, AFC Player of the Week or something like that. And uh, obviously, they had the big put the Miami out kicked their coverage on that one, and uh, that one got taken. That was a huge, 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 huge turning point in that game. Was that uh, mm-hmm. uh, punt return? Because for a little while, it looked like Miami might have them uh, there. Uh, Look, this has got to be an old-fashioned, uh, ugly, <laughs> uh, 17, uh, 20-17, 17-14 game uh, for the Steelers to win it. Yeah, it's the old rock'em, sock'em robot type of game. That's what it's got to be. It's got to be a trench warfare game that goes in Pittsburgh's favor. I, I think there's a path to victory here more than what I think the national media is giving them credit for. I think Pittsburgh... What Pittsburgh does well, they can do against Buffalo. And the elements and and the injuries that Buffalo has plays in Pittsburgh's favor. Now, again, they're without T.J. Watt. Pittsburgh is, and that's, you know, the history without, you know, Watt, what this team's success or lack thereof is. But offensively, I think they actually match up pretty well against the Bills. I I agree, especially if they're able to run in between the tackles. That's, I mean, don't get cute with this. Don't Mm -hmm. get cute, you know, especially early. You know, don't, don't get cute with this thing. All right, David, I think we covered this pretty well enough. So before we make our picks for this game, and I really want to know what direction you're going because I have no idea which way you're going to go in terms of who you're going to pick to win this one. But before we do that and before we make our picks for Super Wild Card Weekend, let's hear from our friends over at my bookie. All right, gear up, sports fans. The NFL playoffs are here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Don't just watch. Score big with exclusive boosted odds and huge prize contests that'll have you filling the Super Bowl fever before it even hits. Whether you're a seasoned pro or ready to roll for the first time, my bookie is your ticket to turning your sports knowledge into cold, hard cash. My bookie has the largest online lineup of odds, contests, and Vegas style casino games, making it your ultimate destination for all type of fun. 24 seven, right at your fingertips. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, the wait is now over. Make your winning move today and sign up at my bookie. Make sure to use promo code terrible to claim your deposit up to $1,000. That's right. Promo code terrible for an opportunity to boost your betting power today. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your own home because with my bookie, you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. So do the right thing. Join my bookie at mybookie.ag today and be part of the winning team. All right, Dave, before we make our picks for the Steelers-Bills game, let's make our pick for the rest of Super Wild Card Weekend. There'll be a couple of Saturday games to watch before Pittsburgh kicks things off on Sunday, and then the Monday night game between the Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's go ahead and pick these games. All right, uh, let's see here. Let's start with the Cle- Let's see the Houston Texans hosting the Cleveland Browns to kick off the weekend. The Browns on the road with Joe Flacco laying two points on the road against the Texans. Man, this one's tough overall. I mean, I give both teams a ton of credit for persevere, persevering. Uh, CJ Stroud, you know, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, D'Amico Ryans, everything the, the Browns have gone through, obviously. I'll go Cleveland. I think that defense has just been stronger, more impactful. I wonder if they can run the ball and can sustain that. It's going to be a little bit tougher, but I'll, I'll go the Browns in this one. This is Swartz versus Stroud. This is mm. what 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 this is right here, and 
the way that defense is. Look, I, I, I think Flacco can be forced into mistakes. We've seen it so far, but because of their defense, they're able to overcome that kind of stuff. And I'm with you. I, I wonder if Houston's able to establish any sort of running game uh, in this uh, whatsoever. I think they can get a couple of takeaways maybe, but can can they capitalize on them against the Browns defense here? Uh, I'm taking Schwartz over Stroud in this one. This is what I boil this game down to. So I'll take Cleveland to win this by a field goal. I don't think it'll be lopsided, but uh, uh, I'll take the Browns later two points along with you there. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this is the the Peacock game, but if uh, I found out yesterday, if you if you have NFL Plus, uh, I think you can get this on the NFL Plus app, regardless of where you live here. So I just want to throw that out here, out, out there. Uh, Dolphins on the road against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are four and a half point favorites in what's probably going to be an ice bowl, right? They're saying potentially with the wind chill, I think negative 30 below, something like that. Some crazy, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, the easy logic is can Miami you know play in that kind of cold weather I think maybe they can I don't want to say that they can't but yeah and the Chiefs have had their issues in terms of scoring but I think the Chiefs defense has stepped up and Andy Reid in the playoffs with some time to prepare give me the Chiefs you know what I think the Dolphins can win this one I I really Mm -hmm. do I worry about that I'm worried about I mean I I I bet four Chiefs thinking every week that that offense is going to come alive uh I, I worry about their offense in this game. Uh, give me the Dolphins in the upset. Uh, I'll take the four and a half points I there. Like uh, let's see. The rest of the weekend, the uh, Dallas Cowboys are hosting the Green Bay Packers. Dallas are seven-point home favorites against the Pack and Jordan Love, who's played some good football, especially after that uh, from that Steelers game on uh, here. What you got? He has and played well to get them into the playoffs. Uh, Dallas at home, though. I mean, Dallas in the playoffs can always be tricky, but at home, that's where they thrive. Give me the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys. Lay the seven points at home. I'm with you on this. The Detroit Lions are hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Detroit favored by three at home against the Rams. Yeah, I talk about some storylines in this game. First home playoff game for Detroit since, I think, 1993. Of course, Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit. And this one's tough. I think the Rams have played really good football and kind of quietly done so. I, I can't go against Detroit, though, for what this game means to to the team, to the city. Give me the Lions. I'll go against them. I can. I like what the Rams have doing, are doing. Puka, how can you not root for that guy? Uh, I, I think uh, just, just you know, the experience that the Rams have, uh, I think they're going to be able to run the football a little bit better than most think. Uh, I understand the Lions are at home. That's why they're three-point favorites in this. The Rams are going to upset the Lions on the Mm. road. I will take the three points there. The Buccaneers are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, The Eagles are three-point road favorites in this one. Man, I've been waiting for the Eagles to turn this thing around for the entire last month of the season, and they haven't. I just have to think at some point, though, it's going to click when the chips are down. If it doesn't, then, man, look out. So... I'm going to say the Eagles tentatively, but the Eagles all the same. Yeah, man, they got questions on both sides of the football there in Philadelphia. But I uh, and I, I I do think they get it right. I'm with you on this one there. They forced Baker Mayfield into a couple of hero ball turnovers or something ends up being uh, the difference in this game. I will take the Eagles and lay the three points on the road there. All right. All right. Uh, here we go. This circles us back to the Steelers at the Bills. On Sunday, the Bills are 10-point home favorites in this one. 
What say you? Like I said before, I see a path to victory. I think it's more realistic than what the national media seems to be crediting or discrediting, I guess, Pittsburgh for with the run game. I just worry about Pittsburgh's secondary. They become such a zone-heavy team, and it's pretty basic cover two, cover three, rotate a little bit. But I just think the Bills' game plan is going to find some exploits in the past game. Yeah, weather's going to be a factor. I don't know if it's going to impact it so much that, that n- neither team can throw and if any quarterback can be able to throw in these conditions, it's a strong-arm guy like Josh Allen. So, you know, I mentioned earlier about the close games that does work in Pittsburgh's favor, and I still believe that. So, but I still have this one close, but I got Buffalo winning this one 24 to 16. I just think just a little too much firepower offensively. That defense has been underrated. The pass rush, 54 sacks for the Bills defense this year. That's not being talked about enough. So wrestle with this one. I see the path to victory, but ultimately I couldn't get there to choose Pittsburgh. I got Buffalo winning by eight. All right. Uh, what is Dave? I don't. I have no idea what you're going to pick. I think you're going to pick a close game, but I have no idea which way you're going to actually go. Alex, uh, 12-year-old Dave showed up uh, out here in Las Vegas this week. And uh, 12-year-old Dave, along with 55-year-old Dave, always likes to overanalyze things at times. I think this is the perfect storm, excuse the pun, <laughs> uh, here, I think everything leading up to this game, uh, sands obviously the the the, the TJ Watt uh, injury. I think a lot of things roll in the in 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 the Steelers' favor before at least they strap things up here. Uh, I think the the weather could could play a part in this game. Uh, if the Steelers are able to run the football effectively early in this game, which I think they're able to do, if they can make Josh Allen make a mistake or two, which are obviously are big ifs, and that that's what I'm kind of counting on happening in this game. Uh, I understand why the Bills are heavy favorites in 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 this game. I think Mike Tomlin has drilled this thing to 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 them. Uh, look. You know, there, there is, this team has been in the playoffs as he stated the last three weeks here. Uh, I, I 12 year old Dave would not leave this house this week. Uh, I think the Steelers win this game somehow, some way. I think the Steelers win (laughs) this game, Alex, uh, uh, first playoff. Look, we've talked all season long or dating back to the preseason, this team, a successful season. For the even after all that we've seen, the craziness, the roller coaster ride that this team has gone through this year, uh, the only way this season is going to be measured as a successful season is this team gets into the playoffs and wins a playoff game, right? Yeah, that's the that's the barrier, the obstacle they've not overcome in their last you know three tries. I mean, I'm everybody's tired of putting that winning season, Mike Tomlin winning season bumper sticker on their car. Everybody's over that. The way this team is going to be measured in 2023 uh, season is getting in the playoffs, not only getting in the playoffs, but but winning a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have to play a damn near perfect game. But 12 year old Dave says 17 Steelers, 14 Bills. I love it. I love the boldness, man. If you call this one, this is a a Babe Ruth type moment. So, yeah, I mean, I I can see it. I just couldn't get myself to that point. And maybe I was slightly influenced because my preseason prediction was for Pittsburgh to go 10 and 7, 
make the wild card and then be one and done. And so I'm kind of partially sticking by that, but also it's mainly for the reasons I mentioned about what the bills are able to to offer, but it's going to be a great game. I think I think a better game than people anticipate. Now, if this was a clear October day or whatnot, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I think you have, you know, if this play played in the middle of the season, obviously just a clean January game where it's just cold, but there's no other condition. Yeah. Look, these guys know, know what they're up against. I, I I think, you know, another thing that stuck out to me is Buffalo's and look, I know they, they, they have the elements just like Pittsburgh does and all like that. They're practicing indoors. Mike Tomlin had these guys mm. out at, out at, uh, Akershire in the, in the wind and the, in the, in, in the muck, if you will. And, uh, he's going to, here's, here's what I, either this is going to be not close, you know, Mm-hmm. This, this thing gets away from the Steelers early and they're having to you have to get away from the running game or this is a close game and the Steelers somehow find a way to ugly this one, this one out at, at the end. But I 12 year old Dave would not leave Las Vegas this week. All right. Hoping so. And yeah, I mean, these, the last couple of playoff games for Pittsburgh, they've allowed 40 plus points and there's a chance for that happening again, I suppose, in this game. But man, you just can't have one of those ugly, ugly outcomes the way that it's been the last you know three, four trips. All right. Uh, one of us is going to be right on Monday. And I hope it's you. And I think everyone else will agree upon that. So a little bit longer show today. Let's get to a couple of quick reader emails. Well, well, would this we... be the greatest win of Mike Tomlin's career? Remember a couple of years ago when they went to Buffalo in week one, mm-hmm. we kind of had that conversation. Uh, I think after the fact, was that Mike Tomlin's biggest win to date? And I think since then, uh, you know, what was it? A win over the Bengals in week one of the following season we talked about, mm-hmm. maybe that was the best win of Mike Tomlin's uh, career. If the Steelers, whatever it looks like on Sunday, find a way to win, to, to, to beat the bills. Is that the biggest win of Mike Tomlin's career? I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter how they win it. Winning is all that's going to matter to pull off the upset. You know, this guy's got a Super Bowl you know, trophy that he's added to the case. So that's, that's an obvious answer to give, but it's going to be, probably right behind that in terms of the, uh, the magnitude of the, the win. And look, but make no mistake about it. No matter what it looks like, if they lose, you know, uh, to me, this has been an unsuccessful season. Well, I mean, yes and no. I, I know that was our goal, but the way because, they, because the, the way it transpired, I, I obviously it, it, it's, it's quite amazing. They've got themselves to where they're at, especially yeah. the way, way the first half and firing your offensive coordinator and, and, and all like that. But, but to me, I mean, the, the, the standard was we got to see this, this, this team come out, come out of it with a playoff win. Yeah. What I would say is, you know, to go from a month ago, they were seven and seven, the season felt over to get to this point, even be have a, a playoff conversation to discuss is remarkable. But if they lose that cloud will continue to hang over this franchise of, okay, they can get to the playoffs and then they just get bounced and they're just stuck in this purgatory of a decent team, but not a team that can really threaten and go anywhere that will continue. And rightfully so if they cannot win this game. So that, that'd be my interpretation of that from a, a larger perspective. But there will still be things to be proud of for how this team finished the year out, you know, regardless of, of this outcome. Yeah, I'm tired of platitudes. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's a platitude. I mean, I, I, I recognize, you know, playoff wins have to be the, the goal. But this team, when they were 7-7, seven and seven, did we expect to have this conversation right now about having no. a chance to beat Buffalo in the playoffs? I, I didn't. And that says uh, something. All right. Uh, shall we get to the email machine? 
Yeah, just a couple here, and then we'll uh, close things out and come back Monday. All right. Michael Taminga writes in, uh, uh, Minka's role in effectiveness, weakness at what position caused the Steelers to use Minka in the box so much this year? Uh, if it was lack of size and tackling acumen at the other safety spot with a pair – with a will a pairing of Eric Rowe free Minka to be more of a ball hawking uh, center fielder again. Any word on whether Minka will still have his hand in a cast on Sunday? I think there was some pictures of him without the cast on there. Whether 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 or not, I mean, I think yeah, I think he, he he practiced without it. He was yeah, I, I think he's ready to roll. Uh, hard to make spl- splash plays when you have have to catch the ball uh, with your helmet. He says, uh, "Look, I." Because of the weather conditions, hopefully Minka's not having to play a lot of center. I think we're. I think a key point in this game is Minka closer to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I think he was doing that earlier in the year because they were mixing and matching. Didn't have an every down strong safety. Again, Neil was playing in their base three four package, and Casey was coming in in nickel. And so when they were in nickel a lot, and Minka came down to be that box guy as opposed to to Casey. So um, I think Roe can can be that classic box player at this stage in his career, and that can free up Minka. I think you're going to move him around some. He's not going to be static. You want to support the run because Buffalo, again, can run the ball. You want to put him on Kincaid occasionally, play some free safety, roam around, Robert coverage, those types of things. So hopefully it just looks like a Minka game where he's he's wearing a lot of hats as opposed to kind of being more stuck in one or two roles. Uh, I don't want him making tackles 12, 14, 18, 19 yards down the field. I want his tackles to come closer to the line of scrimmage, and and I I, I think that bodes for a good game for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott writes, uh, hi, guys. It's great to be writing with you in the podcast into the wild card, he says. Uh, quick, two quick questions. The Steelers' running game will obviously be key versus the Bills, especially given the weather. Has Najee had any college or professional experience running the ball in the snow? I think he's played in very cold weather like the Raiders game, he says, last season, but in the snow is that a concern uh i don't think i mean i'm playing for alabama and sec i don't think yeah even even on the road uh i don't i don't think he has uh if any other i think the raiders game last year was about it right yeah which is some of the cold i mean nothing nothing outside of pittsburgh i don't think he's had he mentioned something about playing in hail in seattle i think to the media i don't know what i don't know what the circumstances of that were but obviously that's not a cold weather issue but I'm not concerned about him in, in cold weather. I think he's built for these moments, and I think he's proven that. So I think we'll be good to go. Uh, number two, during this three-game Mason winning streak, I don't think the Steelers have ever been down by multiple scores yet. That's where I'd start to get concerned about the offense needing to become one-dimensional with the passing game, and I don't know if they're pass blocking slash Mason uh, are capable of that. Your thoughts? Yeah, Scott, they, they can't get down. They can't get in this game. Uh, where they're having to chase on on the scoreboard and put the ball in the air a lot. I, I just I can't see an instance where if they're down third, you know, uh, look, you get you got to make a concerted effort to if you do get down to still do the things that you want to do. But I mean, if you fall down in the second half by more than two scores, that's that's danger, danger, danger. Will Robinson. Yeah, it's happened in all their playoff games that they've lost recently. So they know they can't play that play that way and win that way. They got to jump on them early, keep it close. Um, yeah, they can't win being down you know, 17 points. Uh, Seth writes in about depth chart gate uh, regarding the controversy over the depth chart. I suspect Tomlin does not believe Rudolph will be back next year. It wouldn't surprise me if they've even talked about it. I saw an interview recently where Mason was very hesitant to commit to the team for next year, which kind of further valid validates this theory. So Tomlin is currently walking a fine line between win now with, with Mason and act as if Mason will be gone. The second season is, is, 
over and all of a sudden uh, Pickett is your best quarterback again. It's a depressing thought, but one that seems pretty reasonable to me why Tomlin is treating the situation this way. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of laid that out the other day. I, I think he's uh, Mike Tomlin has set himself up in a, uh, an, an escape hatch, if you will, uh, that uh, look, we, we went to Mason cause he had the hot hand at the situation. Kenny was coming back. Uh, uh we, we, have been foolish to, to, to bench him. Kenny's still our guy though, moving forward. And that's why we left him at number one on a depth chart. I think that's exactly why this thing has played out the way it has on a depth chart. I agree. I think that's the, the rationale there. Uh, all right. Uh, got enough of them in here. Plus we've run way long today. So I think we got to get out of here. Don't we, Alex? Yeah, I think we're good to go. Excited for the game coming back and we'll cover it win or lose. All right. We'll talk about it Monday. You can follow me on Twitter slash X at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, SteedersDepot.com. Hit the donate button. Also, if you like an ad free version, SteedersDepot.com. Find the ad free button there. Appreciate uh, uh, the listenership. These last several weeks have been tremendous. Appreciate all the support on the site, SteedersDepot.com as well, too. Got some great scouting reports up there this morning. Obviously, got you covered throughout the weekend leading up to game time and beyond on the site. So we hope you get on over there to SteedersDepot.com and check us out. Thanks to Matt Perino again for joining us on this podcast. And until Monday, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.